Why are you, why are you doing this to me? If your armor is made of dross, it will crack at the first blow. And when that happens, I will slip inside and take what is mine. What little life I have left, you are welcome to, Archmagus. Uh, this is it. This is my final test. The one I won't survive. Rash. Rash! What have they done to you? Karamon. I'm taking you out of here. No! Leave me, Karamon! My test is not finished. Leave me! No! <coughs> Nothing is worth this, Rash. Not Just rest easy. They won't permit me to leave, Garamon. <coughs> They'll try to stop us. You're only putting yourself in danger. <laughs> Let them come. You fool! You great, stubborn fool. Now we'll both die. And of course, you'll die protecting me. Even at death, <coughs> I'll be indebted to you. <laughs> if your armor is made of dross. <laughs> my magic can destroy it. Get out of my way, Garamon. Now we'll get out of here. The door is just ahead. Most of the time I don't need the magic, what with my sword and all, but you're, you're hurt real bad. I didn't want to take time fighting the lich. Don't worry about it, Ras. Magic can still be your speciality. Like I said, most of the time I don't, I don't need it. This is impossible. Caramel cannot have acquired in moments what took me years of study to attain. This doesn't make sense. Something's not right. Think, dammit. Think. All I've ever had was my magic, and now you have that too! Rash! Rash, what would he do? Come on, you, you need me! I, I take care of you just like I was Rash! I'm your brother! I have no brother. Then I will find the crack! <laughs> you may take my life, but you will serve me in return. Pre-recorded in a second floor guest room filled with tall ales and taller tales. Join a group of grown men intent on discussing the intricacies of fantasy and science fiction. Tim Gilbert Media presents... Don't just that, that we! we. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd come back to my... Got it right to the back of her heart. Oh,
Hello, all you fans of serpent cults, Columbo-style whodunits, and climaxes involving Herculean kenders. This is the Dungeons and Dweebs podcast, episode 39, Dragonlands, the Soul Forge, part two. I'm your host, Bob, and if inhaling poppy seed smoke while at a Sylvia Brown convention isn't quite what you're into, then perhaps an intense four-way nerd fight in a library over books would be more your speed. Sure <laughs> But I'm not alone. Across the table from me, his skin is a golden honey color from using cheap Dollar General suntan lotion. His white tank top is slowly graying from long basement-bound D&D campaigns, and he's currently burning his own throat flesh with a glass of fireball he's conjured into his hand. It's Luke. Actually, Fireball makes me very ill, but I, I, get, I get where you're going. I it is the worst. I love Fireball. Uh, <laughs> I, I used to. <laughs> well, hey, welcome back, everybody. Episode 39. We're getting into the last part of The Soul Forge by Margaret Ooh, Weiss. The prequel that we didn't know we needed, but I'm sure glad we read it. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, hey, let's not... It's not dilly-gally. We got a whole bunch of nice surprises for y'all. <laughs> we do. Yes, I don't know do. what's going on. Yes, don't, don't do that ever again. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Sounds, sounds like you're going to invite somebody into the, your, you know, van. True. Anyway, across the table from me, because we changed the table up a bit, it's Claw. <laughs> Greetings, my children. The summer is winding down, and I don't want it to end. Your old Uncle Claw continues to while away my last few days like a shift worker on straight midnights. <laughs> Afternoons fishing and lying in the sun, nights of bonfires and ales on patio with wenches and a few royal ladies slumming it with us commoners. <laughs> Again, I'm reminded of reuniting for one magical evening with that raven-haired mistress as we lay naked in a field looking at stars and she regaled me with tales of her learning to ride a blue dragon. <laughs> hubba hubba. <sighs> Across the table from me, <laughs> he's currently training to be the next Iron Man, although I recently found out that doesn't mean what I thought it did when he first told me after Endgame. <laughs> the Rat King to my Baxter Stockman, the Zangief to my Ken. Paul, how are you this beautiful summer my evening? Zangief <laughs> I, It is a fantastic summer evening. I agree with you. I am just tearful uh, with the coming fall. Summer could last for another couple months here. Uh, I, I will say <laughs> it'll be nice to go back. Uh, I can finally start working on getting my Jarvis ready for my Iron Man suit. That's all I need. <laughs> I need my Jarvis. I need somebody to help me with all that other technical crap. Don't, don't forget about your Gal Friday. I don't know what that accent was. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't come out as I had intended. Don't forget about your Gal Friday. You went, you went to the full Irish there almost. It was kind of I was a, trying to, but it didn't come it, out like that. It wasn't quite the. It wasn't quite there. So yeah, it's Jeez. it's good to be back, back back around the square table now. To to round out Soul Forge. There we go. Yeah, unfortunately, Soul Forge first. Uh, we're winding down summer, and Dragons of Summer Flame is still a book away. <laughs> Whoops, that's, that's true. <laughs> We've been relaxing. Get off our backs. <laughs> We've been busy. Yes. Yeah, we have. <laughs> well, hey, I got one. Why don't you guys get yourselves around and let's hop on into Tavern Talk. All right, let's All right. go. I was in a relationship no, I swear to you, man. with the woman with the blue dragon. She brought me up to her room Boy, last night. Boy, did she have good Where's time. my coin purse? 
Why don't you fellas follow me with my couch? I'll show you all my glorious good. What'll it be, boys? Tavern talk. Alright, here we are at the end of the last home, gathered around the uh, tavern fire. Audix got some spicy potatoes cooking up. Smell is wafting through the air, tickling our noses. Mm. Mm, my senses are peaked. But uh, <laughs> that's not all that's peaked. Yikes. <laughs> uh, this is Tavern Talk, the portion of the show where uh, we kind of go around, see what's happening in everybody's nerd universe. But this time we're going to do something a little bit different. We have tons of feedback. Oh my God. On the Soul Forge. A lot of things we want to talk about, we want to get to, we want to get to your comments, what you guys think. Um, but before that, let's, let's hit up first. Uh, gentlemen. Last time, uh, we promised that we were going to do a musical rendition uh, of the Soul Forge. I heard you've been playing with yourself in your garage. <laughs> so picture this, uh, my garage door closed. So first of all, all <laughs> at, least, credit, at least the door is closed. All credit to uh, Klob here, who uh, literally, I said, Klob, we, what song should we do? And we were throwing things back and forth. Uh, was it you, Klob, that says uh, Magic Carpet Ride? How about Magic Soul? Ma- magic Spellbook Ride. Magic Spellbook Ride. And I'm, I think within five minutes, a full set of lyrics comes through, <laughs> through the chat. I'm like, this is unbelievable. I have to, I have to tell you what, I was, I'm actually sitting at the bar. <laughs> I'm actually sitting at the bar with the woman that I've been seeing. And she's, I'm like, she's like trying to talk to me. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. i got to finish Hold this. On. I have important things. I can go, back to your, go back to your vodka. i got to finish this. <laughs> Go talk to your girlfriends for a little so, bit. So do you see, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, how you can have a girlfriend be sitting at a bar and say, wait for a second, while I type up Dragonlance lyrics to Magic Carpet Okay, okay, okay. So you say that. But okay, Bob, you're married. You're out of this. Yes. Only uh, one third of the rest of us are able to do that. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I'd say the odds are not in our favor. I don't get it either. He's got strong Kavorka. <laughs> she likes the older men. What can I say? someday when you someday when you boys grow up, the, young, she, the she, younger ladies can look up to you. Did she uh, know that's what you were doing? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So like, not, what are you gonna... doing? I'm like, well, I have to talk to Bob quick for a minute. School stuff. Uh, he's going through. A, he's going through a crisis right now. <laughs> yeah, real, impre- real important uh, union work stuff. Yeah, <laughs> gotta talk about it. I do have to say though, and thank you, Bob, for for the credit there. I am kind of impressed with myself actually. It, 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 <laughs> it was. It was it turned, cranked them out quick, and it was really good. As soon as they came through, I'm like, we are doing it. <laughs> We were doing this, and then Magic Carpet Ride has this like minute and a half interlude of just psychedelic stuff. I'm like, we'll just drop our intro kind of stuff into there. So, uh, I guess here it is. Without further ado, um, Magic Spellbook Ride. Well, 
final test. Rush. Rush. What have they done to you? They'll try to stop us. You're only putting yourself in danger. question were you in like that prime drinking phase where like you had had a few but you weren't in the tank yet oh, were you, oh I, I, the... I was buzzing okay you were, you were like <laughs> right at that it was prime. one of those moments where it's like it was like I, i'm gonna be real inspiration yeah. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't i'm in here it was just I can do this, man. This is good. This is good. Yeah. That zone where you're just anything can happen. <laughs> Eventually, I went and sat on the patio and finished it. Nice. Jeez. <laughs> all right, but uh, we're gonna take a lot of time here on Facebook. Uh, first of all, uh, Luke uh, already stirring up some controversy. Uh, do you want to address uh, Brendan? Who I do. Who says um, to you, sir, are dead to me. <laughs> The Michael Scott meme. I love uh, that meme. So I, I do. I do want to pref. Well, preface this a little. I this is so odd to me that we do this. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had been on a bit of a break where I hadn't been on a couple of episodes. Like we did Dune, and then you guys had done a couple of deeper delves, and you did right. Rama, and I wasn't on that. So like, right. I, I came back into it, and I just felt like we were hanging out in the basement. I forgot there are consequences to my words, <laughs> <laughs> which I stand by. <laughs> I put things on the internet it's without like, thinking. It's like that that <laughs> episode posted that night. The next morning, I had all these like notifications on Facebook. Like, oh, what have I done? So, <laughs> for those of you who weirdly 
I don't know what's wrong with you if you're jumping into part two of Soul Forge and don't know what's going so, on. Some people like that, we, <laughs> but we'll judge. The we, whole we idea was on Soul Forge, the first one, Luke had made the comment that Kitiara, or Lorana, sorry, mm. Lorana, there's no reason for her to be in this. I, I think it was book. more so that I said I was Team Kitiara after reading yeah. Soul Forge. I think you might have said something like, screw Lorana. I might have. And that, that kind of <laughs> comes back to, oh, there are consequences to my words. As he tries to dig himself out. But, but I, I, would, I, would, I would say it's, it's, the, it's the image that was painted in my mind of younger Kitiara, which makes me sound creepy. I promise I'm not. <laughs> um, <laughs> That that's more so what I was digging on. Um, I I really don't like the thing that really eighteen eighteen plus Kitty eighteen plus Kitty R yes, yes. yeah. Um, <laughs> the thing that like initially like kind of turned me off to Kitty was like the Larry Elmore paintings. Yes, like she looks a little too. We old talked about this for me, yeah. Because for me, yeah, it reminds you guys of someone Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, and it, who I do not find attractive, Klob does. You're a weirdo. <laughs> How do you not find Alien Sigourney Weaver attractive? She's maybe half attractive in Alien, but I, boy, you know, even at the very end when she's walking around just in that tank top, it just... Ghostbusters Sigourney Weaver where she's in the thing floating above that her That might bed. be better. That might be better. Yeah, that might Snarling be better. Snarling at you, biting you. Come on, that that that, that might that much. may have been my awakening. Jeez, that, would, that may have Ghostbusters may have been my sexual awakening. Watching it as a kid, like, why am I into the chick floating above the bed? So, but Sigourney Weaver, now I think Lorana and like the pictures that how she is depicted, uh, much better. Um, Brendan actually has a great idea. He says the book has Kitty Aris scouting around the Qualanesti borders, so there's plenty of opportunities for a, an encounter between her and Lorana. I, I like that. Would you li- have liked to see a callback like that? I uh, think that, I think that would have been way too shoehorned in there. Yeah, yeah, shoehorn. It, it, it's a this book, I feel like our, our issues with the original trilogy was that it was too busy, and this book, I think, is just shy of being too busy. That's true. But yeah, this, well, I'm, I'm with you. This could have added a little bit more action in. Something that we were kind of wanting was a little bit more action, a little bit yes. more something to happen. This could have added to that, and it would have explained, it could have added to why Lorana and Kitiara hated each other, even, I mean, without Tannis. I'm going to say that Soul Forge is very much like a middle-of-the-road Star Trek episode. Where right. there's there's not huge stakes involved here, definitely not as much as Legends or Chronicles. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I could. I'm with Brendan that it would something like this that would have brought in more action yeah. or scope. I mean, we have the building of the army happening in the north, right? That will eventually be invading. Seeing some not of that, here. Well, I suppose um, not in this book. Well, they well talk, we don't, yeah, we don't see it. They, 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 they super, we don't see it, but they talk about it a lot. Kitty R is so constantly seeing that like, would have been kind of cool. I, yeah, I know, but th- this is Superman three. I mean, <laughs> 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 including the budget it, for some it, of this. Yes. I think the budget. It is. It is. We're, we're fighting Richard Pryor. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> There's no Zod. There's no like save the world thing. We're fighting. No. We're There's ra- tin foil on people's there, there, faces. Yes. Very cheap. <laughs> We're going. We're going to a fair, and then we're going to go to church for a while. Yeah, that's all we're doing. <laughs> and, I, and I do. I I was called out once more uh, by Justin on Facebook saying, "Man, Luke has gone soft." Oh, and I believe he's referring to. I'm being very kind to this book, as kinder than I have to any of the other Dragonlance books we've ever done. And, and I, I have some sort of logic for that. Uh, Raceland. I mean, obviously, I, I do the voice for him when we do our intros. Um, I, my original D&D character was a wizard. I, I'm, I am, I'm attached to this character. 
So yeah. this book revolving around him, I think I'm going to be more likely to like a book like that. Right. You know, sure. even if, you know what, it, it speaks to the series that they've created a character that I could get attached to. Mm-hmm. You know, even down to, you know, the end of the Twins trilogy, like that, that hit, hit me right in the feels. Oh, um, I like yeah. that one. Yeah. And then going through this one, there's been a couple of times where I'm like, oh man, that poor kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, as much as I've harped on this series... I'm having a very good time. Speaking of uh, that little kid, uh, we did all bring up how we thought that in these first three books... It's all for you, Raceley! (laughs) That that all of these kids were hyper-intelligent. Like, they were incredibly Mm -hmm. smart. And Justin also called us on that. He said, well, hyper-intelligent six-year-olds can be disturbing to deal with. I'm just saying. Doesn't mean they're evil, but it can be jarring. So kind of this idea of... Raceland is a genius. He is hyper intelligent and and has been traumatized and and that is what we're getting in this book. I, I at least according to Justin and probably a lot of people who read this, I did take that away as well. That I think that we're at least with Raceland, but I'm with you, Clob. That it's not just Raceland in this book. No, it's everybody. All at the be- for the first half of this book, they're all little kids. Like mm-hmm. Stern, yeah. literally, you can see hear him. Talking through his giant mustache, even though he's like 10. Mm-hmm. 10. Yeah. yeah. I will say though, it, I feel like there should be like way, like you can have the hyper intelligent conversations with six year olds, eight year olds, 10 year olds, but I feel like you gotta insert a fart joke in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's so hard to write as a kid though. No, oh, definitely. No, just because so many writers, they haven't been kids recently, obviously. So it's, it's one of those where you can't, you can never really expect. I mean, we're then most don't of make us, them six. Yeah, you know, yeah, I like that idea. Sure. But most of us are teachers. We're used to seeing kids, and like we hear them talk a lot. We kind of have that knowledge that other people might not as much. Well, speaking of that, we all work with kids. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. I, I, I'm sorry, and you're welcome. <laughs> Andrew uh, does call us out on the fact that he, I love this thing. He says, "I'm halfway through the episode. My son was like, hey." Can I listen to it? I love that book. And and I sat and, and I thought, I ruminated, marinated on my own mental juices. What maybe, a picture. Maybe they've cleaned up their act. Dot, dot, Actually, dot. We, we've backslid, Andrew. Yeah, we've we've um, gone down. So, but hark, what do I hear? A bunch of foul, filthy thoughts, you doorknobs. Just, just kidding. Uh, pretty funny, nerds. Pretty, pretty funny. Now, if we could only talk about the book. <laughs> also, Jessica Jones is way hotter than... Oh, no. Oh, no. This is going to start a thing. <laughs> Jessica Jones is way hotter than Laura Lanthasasapadropa. No, no, it's not. No, it's Lorana Pantadropa. Oh, Lorana Pantadropa. Oh, Any day. And, and I'm a fan. I'll see you tomorrow if you guys ever get <laughs> Sorry. Sorry yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. I love no, this. Not. <laughs> I, I, and I agree. Uh, we have turned dark. Um, Brendan did respond with a super hot picture of Lorana. With her real name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Laura, <laughs> Laura Lanthalasa Kanan. I'm going with Laura Lan- <laughs> Oh, you sweet summer child. As if anyone could ever be hotter than <laughs> Uh, I love the back and forth you guys are having on the Facebook. The back and forth is just awesome with Andrew showing this picture of, is that Jessica Jones drinking a highball? I absolutely (laughs) like it. Yes, Clob, I I genuinely enjoy it. Just taunting. Roll D20. (laughs) (laughs) Really?
really, really good uh, stuff. We'd also talked about whether or not Raceland could eliminate baby Anakin, and yeah, Raceland mm-hmm. can do it, is what yes. Justin says. Yeah, so um, we're going to jump. There There was a lot of other comments. People could go jump and see what people were mm-hmm. saying there. But um, hey, also, we, I threw out an, uh, a little question. Who would win? Uh, which red-cloaked acolyte of the arcane would be left standing, Doctor Strange or Raceland Majer? And I really started thinking about this because uh, I, I bought a couple of the uh, Marvel Omnibus Doctor Strange stuff, and I won't lie, there's some stuff where he is fighting uh, a, a, like satanish and stuff. It feels like Raceland, okay, uh, you know, and, and stuff. So I'm like, I wonder what happened if they fought. Boy, did we get a lot of stuff. I had told people even in other Facebook things that I would comment on what they said, uh, forget it. <laughs> I mean, like, this was shared out to a lot of different places. A lot of people commented on it. So we're going to keep it home in the Dragonlance mm-hmm. uh, Facebook page uh, as to what people said there. Um, Christopher says, Raceland made himself into a god. So there's that. Well, <laughs> well, and I like this other comment from Robert in here, too. Straight up fight, Doctor Strange. Long War, Raceland. I'm okay. I'm a hundred percent behind this. Because I, I, I like that idea. If you go with the comic book version of Doctor Strange, I mean he's yeah, pretty the- he's pretty quick on throwing out the spells. And the Eye of Agamotto defends him. Hey, the, the Wand of Watum. There you go, Justin. <laughs> uh, also comes into play all the time. I mean, he's faster. I think Rayson would be bringing his spell components out of his man purse for way too long. <laughs> um, I would, and so, Doctor and Strange just, would already have him wrapped up with the, the bands of Bugamotto. <laughs> Something I, I've learned just looking into like these weird Doctor Strange videos on YouTube. Doctor Strange has the ability to... to like transport people to the living tribunal. Yeah. And I feel like Raceland couldn't survive that even in God form. I mean, we are having a an incredibly nerdy discussion yes. where yeah. like I this mean, even insane. after reading well, that first omnibus, Doctor Strange's powers level to wherever they need to be for whatever ridiculous storyline he's in. So I mean, he is ripping through dimensions and fighting practically Satan, and then all of a sudden he has having trouble opening a, a jar of pickles, right? Like you know, I mean, like well, he broke his, his hand. <laughs> Well, yeah. And when Raceland was a god, wasn't Raceland kind of messed up when he was a god? Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a... And you don't necessarily... like he had control. You don't necessarily get the feeling of galactic power that comes with being a god in Kryn. There is definitely power within your own godlike dimension, but the way yeah. that power translates to the world of Kryn doesn't seem like they have... Let's sound the trumpets and bring out Armageddon necessarily mm. either. So I feel like even in his mm, God, I, guess, I mean, still, I, I feel like he dispatched Parsalian like without is, even, yeah, like exerting himself. That's true. That is true. Uh, it'd be an actually an interesting thing uh, to do. Who's got the license for Dragonlance? I mean, I know Wizards it's a dead the property because they crank out some comic it's books. Dave, who's living under a bridge in San Francisco somewhere. <laughs> Old Marge has bought him back for 20 bucks. <laughs> sitting on him. Uh, um, 20 Dave's bucks gonna... and that crusty donut she had in her backseat. Odysseus. I, I, ho- I hope that's his real name because that's an awesome name to have. Odysseus says Raceland for sure. Uh... Can we, can we get to Heather Heather and what she said? LJ, well, let's just call him up. Okay. We'll get there. LJ Jackson says black robe, Raceland. Definitely black robe, not red robe. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we're talking about Lance, so we're going to get a lot of Racelands. Scott says not even close. It's Raceland. James says Raceland by far. George says Raceland. Jorge. 
Oh, <laughs> I'm doing it again. <laughs> Jorge. Jorge. Hey, you just you just see the first letter of the name, and then everything else you just make up. <laughs> can I can I hide behind the fact that I'm a northern Minnesotan with uh, not a lot of experience in the world? <laughs> it's not a very traveled then, sort. Hey, I hear you made it all the way down yeah, to the I'm, lake uh, before. If, you're, if, you're, if your name's Sven or Oli, he can pronounce <laughs> it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> George. <laughs> we got George here. Sorry, Jorge. Uh, says Raisin. Frank says, when Raceland was in red, Doctor Strange would win easily. When Raceland first took the black robes, I'd still give it to Doctor Strange. But black robe Raceland at the beginning of Legends would defeat Strange. Kevin Wait. Kevin jumps in and throws another name at us here. Fist and Dantilus for the win. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and Heather. <laughs> Heather, Heather. Hi, Heather. Comes in and says, boo-poo. <laughs> <laughs> that dirty garbage track. Hey, those... Those garbage fraggles, they just never die. So <laughs> that rat, that rat, remember that that dead rat that had weird rat. Yep. had weird yep. magical powers. <laughs> so oh. I guess around the table, uh, I'm gonna still I'm gonna give it to Doctor Strange just because after two omnibus, <laughs> I'm I'm riding high on the Strange. But um, you guys think Strange or Fisty? What are you going? I'm on? I'm I'm gonna. Go <laughs> oh, I said Fisty, not Fisty. Rasty. Well, Fisty, Rasty, Rasty. They're kind of. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we had the big conversation about whatever happened to that. Uh, yeah. Still don't know. No. I, I'm gonna go with Doctor Strange as well, just because, like you said, he always seems to step up to whatever challenge was there, and he's already taking on Satan. Well, and that's yeah. part of the Satanish. That's Satanish. That's part, that's so. part of like Satan. He's just ish. He's Satanish. <laughs> oh. That's part of the shtick of Strange, too, is he always finds, you know, the Wand of Watu, yeah. the Cauldron yeah. of Kala, the, <laughs> but the, oh, they just chewing, make it the, up the chewing gum of Dave, <laughs> magical oracle, or, you know, yeah. whatever magical artifact he needs for that particular assignment. Right, right. I mean, in a lot of ways, these arguments of, of, of what superhero could do what are almost arbitrary, because after yeah. reading that those old comics, I mean, they do... Anything you need them to do. So basically, it would come down. Probably Doctor Strange would would win if Marvel writers yeah. were writing it. <laughs> Where, who's gonna write it? Dragonlance writers. Raceland splashes some hot tea in his face and stabs him with the one dagger he's allowed to carry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I'll, I'll I'll give it to Black Robed God Raceland. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It'd be way cooler to see. Yeah. I'd like to see that. All right. Your thoughts. Uh, in what order? I mean, this is a huge talk among Star Wars fans. What order should you read the or watch the movies in? Mm -hmm. So, what order should you read Dragonlance books in? Granted, there's 190-some books, but obviously the ones we really care about, yeah. Chronicles, just the ones we've Legends, read so far. just the ones we've read so far, what, what order should you read those in? I know there's a whole prequel, Sextet, and everything else. Because for us, especially for me, I had brought out the fact that there's a lot of things that I had problems with in Legends in terms of the relationship between Caramon and Raceln. I thought that Raceland always treated Caramon like crap and that Raceland need, or Caramon needed to stand up for himself. And this book really helped me with a lot of their relationship mm -hmm. stuff, so much so that I'd like to reread those and see what I think. But Sean says, either, really. The knowledge will be gained both ways, and Raceland is the most interesting character in the series regardless. I mean, even Margaret Weiss forgot about Elliston for a couple of chapters. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, and I think, I think it's the beginning of uh, Second Gen. 
Yes. Is, uh, we'll talk about this when we get there. But the beginning of second gen has a really cool forward in it about like, remember things that you hear are legends. So if things are left out, then they're left out. And these Smart. are all stories yeah. that were passed down nice. by bards. She, she, oh, and we yeah. know how the bards like to improvise <laughs> on things. <laughs> old old Margaret's going to do that at the end of this book it too. Very for, smart. For the story of Elliston and his involvement in the book and why he was put in the book, go listen to our review of the original trilogy. Because <laughs> I know... That I said that in one of those episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eric Sartana Horner says, I'd say read them after for character development reasons. You get more attached to the characters in the first six books. By the time you reach Soul Forge, you're more invested in the story. And I, I you know, I have to say here, I'm a big, I'm on the after bus. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. I'm on too. the after bus because I don't think that I would really have, if I read this first, I don't think I would have really cared to go and read. But you'd miss all those little, five years later. You'd miss all those. There's the, all these like subtle hints, like, especially around Sturm. With like, yeah. he, I, I can't, I can't, I have, I don't have one on the top of my head. But like, the way he's talking, like, yes, there's, yeah. there's, there's all these little drops are like, like, and then a man shows up and he's talking with the bravado of a Salomonic knight. Like, yeah. I know well, who that is. Yeah, there's yes. that, none and, of that would matter. The whole like, the whole like. Uh, uh, relationship between Flint and Tass, yes. and you know that. Yeah, that, oh, for sure. You know, see, oh, hey, hey, this is where that began. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah it's, that's, it's, that's the it's, that's the fun part of this. I agree. If if I you agree. were just reading it first, mm-hmm. I feel like you wouldn't be as entertained by it because yeah, like you said, you get that little feeling of ah, now I know why they were always kind of bickering, but and still it, friends. I think it makes right. way, ta- especially Tass and Flint make way more sense if you read it beforehand. Yes, I, f- I feel like if you're reading this first, they just seem like the world's oddest gay couple. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny well, that you. They kind of are. Uh, Ro- Robert uh, I says actually that know a few gay couples that are exactly like Tad. <laughs> one of them likes to steal, and one likes to return. No, one's just kind of crabby, and cra- one's, <laughs> one's kind of crabby all the time, yeah, and the other one's much. just bouncing around everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, Robert, though. Uh, Told a co-worker who wanted to explore the series to read the Soul Forge first and gauge the interest in exploring Kryn. And actually, I would say that that might not have been a great idea because I'm with you guys that I don't think this is a good book to gauge whether you'll like Dragonlance because it's too tied into the characters that we know. It's going to be boring, I think, if you don't know the character. I love the book. And it's very slow to explore the world. It is. Yeah. Patty here, however. Hi, Patty. Disagrees with us. I got my start with the Raceland Chronicles, followed by the War of the Lance, and it flowed seamlessly from one to the other. Glad I did it this way because the backstory brought me closer to the twins before the adventuring began. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Can, I can see. Good point. I can see that because that's, that's what's helped point. me uh, for sure. We also have Tim who says after because I had already read both trilogies twice and played all of the modules all the way through. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> they are the people that intimidate me the most because you're, they're they my have, boy, Tim. They have embedded this knowledge into them so. Themselves so well, they know that we sound like just idiots. Yes, talk <laughs> about this stuff. Um, That's why we encourage you. If we do sound like idiots, I mean more than normal. Yes, uh, by all <laughs> means, jump on the Facebook play- page. Please communicate with us. We'd love to talk with you about you um, against you. <laughs> but just be nice about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have feelings. We, we could disagree and still like each other. Yeah. We're the only ones fine. who have the right to be mean and pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh. Travis says, after all, it would spoil the whole Fist and Dantilus arc. It would. Yeah. That's yeah. a very good it point. It spoils that. It spoils the reveal of what Raceland does in the test. Yeah, good yeah. catch, Travis. And I think that's kind of one of the things that keeps you through the original trilogy is that it keeps bringing up the com- the yeah. stuff between the brothers and Will. And you're like, well, what the hell happened in the test? Mm-hmm. And I think if you know that going in, you you lose a little bit of that drama that you have there between the brothers in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Last thing I think we should talk about here at Tavern Talk is uh, this was shared with me somewhere else, and I posted it uh, to our page. It said, uh, th- "There's a lady named Marie Kondo. She, oh, have you seen this lady? Uh, I, I just I, happened. I, I hadn't until you posted this. I happened to catch her one night. Or my wife turned it on, and she was like, she goes in." Uh, and helps people declutter, right? Like organize their house if it's like super cluttered and and is basically a very minimalist, like what do you really need to live kind of person. And she says, ideally, keep fewer than 30 books. There are more than 30 books in this room right now. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. Never. And I would would consider myself a minimalist. Yes. Yes, I would say you are. Yes. But But, with all, books don't take up that much space. And then what are you going to... I don't know. They're, they're decorative. You can go and explore them again. Like, there's... Right. I absolutely disagree I with would that. say yeah. maybe don't have more than 30 bookcases, but... I might be close to that. I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure. Are you? Are we, are we counting the 10 books that you've personally written? <laughs> you should have By 30 way, books, 10 of them mine. Yes, all 10, all 10 of your books should be mine. And I don't know, tidying expert as a career... <laughs> Um, although she's a multimillionaire, so, yeah, so what do we so know? Bad, do I I know? We can't knock her. She's making way more money. She just, she just evidently hit it on the head. Tidying expert, a Japanese <laughs> organizing consultant and author. Tidying yeah. expert. Oh, oh God, she'll tidy up your tidy whities Yeah, I would never <laughs> want to meet or be in a relationship with a person who was a devotee of Marie Dear Kondo. God, no. 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 <laughs> it's on your Tinder bio. <laughs> <laughs> Marie Kondo devotees do not apply. Swipe left. <laughs> oh, I lied. There is one more thing that I we need to bring but up. But wait. There's, there's more. more. Justin Watson, who is extremely active, active yes. on our Facebook site. We love you, Justin. We love this guy. He is an author. And... Didn't know it until all of a sudden today, like three hours before doing the show here, recording it, uh, I stumbled upon uh, a Facebook post that he had put out saying, hey, I found the book that I've got a story in, in the wild, in in Barnes and Noble. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? What? And so I looked and it's Terra Nova. Basically, this sounds like it's an anthology. Uh, so it's got a lot of authors contributing stories to it. It's, and it's set in a, in a universe where there's this colony planet called Terra Nova with its relations to Old Earth. And it basically sounds like it's Australia. It's a dumping ground, okay. um, like a like penal colony dumping ground kind of thing. And so there's a lot of stories that take place on this Terra Nova place. And Justin Watson has a book in it, which, by the way, Justin Watson calling me out for being uh, for saying something about gore. <laughs> for the merits of gore. Um, Justin, the cover of this book. Ooh. Very tantalizing, <laughs> I would say. Um, so go check out Terra Nova. Does, does, cla- does camouflage work when it's just a bra? Um, when your <laughs> yeah. stomach is that tight, you actually... 
people can't see it. You can you can hide very easily behind a tree. <laughs> behind a tree, a small tree. Yeah. <laughs> and this would all look like bushes and shrubberies. I don't. Um, it's it's pretty spectacular. Bushes. It is reminding me of some of the later images on Gore. Oh, sorry, Justin. Um, but uh, but this this is interesting. I think we're I'm going to take a read on this, and we'll we'll talk about it in a future episode. So go check it out. Go to Amazon. Look up Terra Nova. He also while you're doing this, his work is in a few other books. One is called Freehold Resistance. The other one is Those in Peril. So I might put together some sort of little uh, ad kind of thing. You can check for it on our Facebook page with links to his stuff. So Justin Watson, look up his stories, folks. Read them, give them some props. Yeah, we'll chat. We'll mm-hmm. we'll talk more about his books uh, later episode. Maybe by uh, end of second gen or something, we'll be able to talk about it. So I got, I got one more small thing before we wrap this up. I had just tweeted... Um, just a little promo like, hey, uh, Summer of Lance 3 kicks off this month. I tweeted it last month. Um, <clears throat> and I had added Margaret Weiss. And I, I just want – shout out to Margaret Weiss. I know she doesn't listen because she still retweets us on Twitter. <laughs> I feel like she wouldn't like even – like. Oh, come on. Anyway. Uh, I hope she starts reading, listening, if she does, with Soul Forge. And don't, don't go back either. to yeah, Chronicles. Yeah. Back yeah, when actually, we were actually, trying to be more divisive. Weiss, Weiss is okay. The, uh, Tracy, if that's, we were, he's the crazy one. If we <laughs> were talking, well, if we were talking about the order to do things, mm. you know, you should read Soul Forge last for the books, but you should listen to Soul Forge for our podcast first. Yes, Ooh. exactly. <laughs> there you go. So that you know um, that we love it. At any at any rate, <laughs> she she had replied to us and retweeted us. Uh, she's sad that it's out of print with a little crying emoji face. Yeah. Um, also, shout out to Sage Murray for uh, giving us the, in all caps, at last, <laughs> another uh, super excited that we're doing Dragonlance again. Um, and then Adam, um, he said he he loves the book. It really humanized the cranky bastard. It's true. It does. Honestly, it goes on and on. This this one tweet got 81 likes. Uh, awesome. Two retweets, which is the best any of our posts on Twitter have done because we don't do a lot of stuff on Twitter. I was going to say that's out of the five posts on Twitter we have. There's like 50. Shut up. At any rate. For our past. <laughs> that's the past tense of no, that's not the past tense. No, no, no. Oh, well, hey, that's that, I, I don't have any other feedback from Twitter. Uh, I think we've gone through as much as we can on Facebook without. Right on. And well, now the kids can probably start listening to the episode. Uh, no, uh, nope. Because <laughs> where nope. we're starting at, not nope. All right. Well, I tell you what. I got this round coming. She's coming right over here, doll. Yeah, yeah. You, the blue one. Come here. Okay, coming. We got a nice round of some. Old home. It's Odic's ale, mm. his dark ale, and that he's. Uh, we're gonna take a swig of that, and we'll be right back. And we'll, we will actually get into the book at this point. Approved by dwarves, both in the hill and the mountain. Stolen by Kenders everywhere. It's a Delorean, isn't it? Scales are always in my favor. I might have driven a Delorean here. I pull up a chair, friend. So here we are, part two of <laughs> the Raceland Chronicles, part one, <laughs> book four, I guess. <laughs> Scroll five. Scroll five. <laughs> so chapter one, book four. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, we open up with a quote from Kitiara. Yeah, I really, I really like this opening quote. It says. 
Who wants or needs any gods at all? I certainly don't. No divine force controls my life, and that's the way I like it. I choose my own destiny. I'm a slave to no man. Why should I be a slave to a god and let some priest or cleric tell me how to live? This is totally Han Solo. I, expect, I mean, that Hokey, part, hokey religions. No uh, divine force controls my life. This is, this yeah. is Han Solo. Love it. Um, but it definitely sets up Kit and, and, and how she is. But chapter one, the boys are now 18. Thank oh. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and so now if they talk uh, really deep and dark, it will seem to fit themselves. And what we're going to go through in these Wait, next few chapters... you've actually heard 18-year-olds talk deep and actually make sense when they Well, you can pretend <laughs> okay. by 18 that for some reason Raceland, you know... Hey, is... man, at 18, you can be nice and dark. You have that, you know, you have that hair in front of your eye. And it's like the... Breakfast Club. Uh, <laughs> yes. I almost got a conversation. Yeah, I did, okay? <laughs> hey, that that's okay. I listened to a lot of Cure when I was 18, so it's all right. Someday I'm going to post <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Luke's graduation photo to the Facebook page. Yeah, the, the, the Cure was pretty old by the time I was 18. So. Yeah. But you're still rocking the Cure look. <laughs> it's called a devil lock. It's cool. Shut up. Are you me? <laughs> no. It's actually called the devil lock? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I've just died a little I've now become inside. I've now become my father looking at me with my Kurt Cobain hair and my Nirvana t-shirt with my ripped up jeans, and I understand what he was thinking. <laughs> so it's the May Day Festival. <laughs> it's the Plainsmen's, the dwarves, they all show up in Solace to participate in the biggest celebration of the year. Um, okay, so I would say at the end of book three, I was incredibly excited, or... I, yeah, I would say excited about the character development that had happened mm-hmm. and yep. how it made me feel about the characters. But I was very much jonesing now for some action. Like, okay, we're almost halfway through the book. Yep. When is when is something going to happen that's now going to start investing when, me? When are we going to make it to a boss? When are what we going to yeah. we gonna make it to the end of the level to a boss and we could jump into chapter four and... Let's go to the fair. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I'm like, okay, so when will this, the momentum start? The tracks hit the all ground. Right, all right, you want some action? Here's some action. Dwarves are fighting over what ails best. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that is an important question that is never answered. Yeah. What ale is best? I'm going to go with mountain. For me, I would just personally take mountain dwarves. Uh, ale over hill dwarves. I mean, how hill dwarves? What do they know about hill ale? Hill dwarves have access to much more... Um, you know, like grains and other things to ferment. But they can. But the mountain dwarves can tap the cold, frosty, northern, high up in the mountains. That pure water. Yeah, okay. but I, pure mountain water, like Coors. Yeah. <laughs> you took it right on yes. my mouth. Yes, and that's why I would be drinking. That's, that's not. That's no. That's not no. how alcohol works. <laughs> no, you want the hill dwarves because they're growing the sweet hops. Bingo. <laughs> Nope. No. No. <laughs> Cold filtered. Yeah. In no, the, the mountain. Do you want a glass of like what's that? Evian? Like <laughs> <laughs> it'd be prestigious. Mountain dwarves is just Coors Light. Yeah. Uh, mountain it's the well, every, well, it's well, the every man. 
It's the every man. But I feel that I feel I feel that you know the mount or the, excuse me the hill dwarves would be like you know more like you know like surly furious or you know <laughs> something like. I feel like the hill actually dwarves surly are more furious hipster. would be like an elf drink. I think. I feel like or actually, yeah, like I feel dwarf, like, like Justin dwarf, is yeah, already ticked. <laughs> Get to the book. Get to the book. You said you said we were going to be talking about the book now. Remember when we were talking about the spaceship? So I, and we I, I remember. About remember that old commercial for Macintosh where the kid would be like, "Dad, can I see?" the dinosaurs? Dad, can I see the dinosaurs? Justin's kid is sitting next to him in the car going, Dad, are they going to talk about the book? Are they going to talk about the <laughs> that, book Where's that Philip? Andrew. That was Andrew. Andrew. Oh, was it Andrew? Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry, Andrew. That's right. Sorry, Andrew. But no, can we, Andrew Andrew doesn't let his kid ma- listen to this podcast. <laughs> major, He's major, major spoiler, Justin has a kid. No, uh, <laughs> Well, he does. Uh, or, sorry, Andrew has a kid. One of them. Yeah. Both of them both. have kids. Both. 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 So, both. I, I, point of... Maybe a plot hole. Yeah. So Thor Barton dwarves come to Solus. Yeah. Why wasn't is that? There, wasn't there this whole thing where they're holed up in the mountain and they don't come out? Yeah. And okay, this is where the lore steps in, and we probably should be turning to the Dragonlance Nexus to find out the answer to this. But that was my impression yeah. as well. But when did that happen? I I was under the impression that they had didn't been open their doors until decades the war long of the thing. Yeah. That they had been closed off yeah. for a long time since the Cataclysm. That's what I had thought, but no. Maybe maybe they're closed off to visitors, but they'll still. Sp- they're bringing out. down their mountain ale. Yeah, I <laughs> and don't then know. they leave. Yeah, it's, they just they, they yeah. have to get some sort of commerce, maybe. So they maybe they have to trade. It's a little like bit. how Jehovah's Witnesses keep themselves closed off to everybody until they go to your door and they bring you a watchtower track. We Is the, that politically correct? I don't know, <laughs> no. nor do we care. So we have the bar fight. Uh, we get a little, we get a little like... Uh, There's your action, bar we get, fight. We get, we get a little Easter egg here because yep. Raceland figures out he needs to, you know, help raise money. So Easter and Caramon start running this little sideshow, this little magic sideshow. Yeah, right. Um, like they did in the original Wait, remember when we had yep. the traveling circus in the, the original tri- in the original trilogy? I thought this was a nice callback to that whole yeah. thing again. That continuity, and again, what well, I would say this is better to read after. In the original, didn't they talk about how they had done it before? How it was kind of like this was how they got their money before after Maybe. everybody had died. I, I, I feel don't like remember. I remember them talking to, talking about that it wasn't new that they were doing it in the circus. It was like a we've done this. We've we've got our stick. We're good. And he's and he's got he's got weird like he's he he made like a weird like sideshow robe for himself. I love that. <laughs> yes. And it's like the stereotypical magician's robe, right? With like moons and stars. Oh, yeah. it's, like the, it's the Merlin robe. <laughs> it's hey, every every magician's got to have their little uh, their little flair, and that's his. I I like this. So uh, instead of Siegfried and Roy, we have <laughs> Caramon and Rayson. Uh, Theobald uh, Rayson's teacher shows up and tries to stop the entire thing. And Tasselhoff shows up, as does Sturm. Again, uh, all these little callbacks, a lot of this is all nostalgia. Well, and this nice little thing of ta- Tasselhoff and, you know, Theobald is just is a jerk, and we've all established that. We talked about that, and how Rayson's so much smarter than he is right. as the teacher-student thing. And then Tass shows up and just pisses him off and steals his stuff. <laughs> I know. And then they play keep away from him for a while. Right. Uh, yeah, it's uh, just Goblin this. ball. Yeah. This, I, yeah. this does lighten the mood, and I like, yep. again, I am still jonesing for where are we headed here instead of just montages of, like, more scenes from their livelihood. Like I feel like Margaret loves these characters so much, and they've they've I know they played them as D and D characters, and it's almost like we're just going through an album of their life, and it's like it's fun, 
I enjoy it, but okay, so what's the point now? Yeah. Where, where are we going to go with a lot of this? So we kind of move into chapter two, the story of Flint and Tasselhoff's meeting, uh, which is kind of interesting. This right? does not surprise me one bit. That that's that, that's <laughs> no, how just, they met. It's, walks into the walks into the stall, steals a bracelet. Flint's going to kill him. Tannis convinces him not to, and then Tannis shows up later with a jug of brandy and just moves into the house. <laughs> okay, uh, I, I, I'm going to bring it back to our question about uh, what's going on with the with Thor Barden. Yeah. Um, in the year 412 AC, Thor Barden again seals its gates uh, when Berylinthar Knox tries to take over. <laughs> um, and they don't open their gates again until uh, 421. So, what, nine years later? They're only sealed away for nine years. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So then this would have uh, Yeah, a Koganesti elf um, travels to them to establish an alliance between the Qualanesti and Thorbarden. And anyway, so I was trying to figure out like what happens between these timelines, so I went and I googled uh, Soulforge Dragonlance Nexus, um, and going through there... By the way, Dragonlance Nexus, that is an indispensable... Yes. Uh, Tome of information for anybody looking for yes. Dragonlance. So first, uh, one of the things I clicked on brought us to our friend's song, Throne of Malediction. Oh, yeah. Nice. And then scrolling down further, uh, the Dungeons & Dweebs podcast on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I couldn't find what I wanted, but I guess we're... If we the... could only go back and reference ourselves. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't know. We're... <laughs> Okay. Hey, we're on Google. Hey, whatever. But uh, the group here gets into a discussion about the gods and whether they have actually left or have people uh, left uh, the gods. Yes. Did, you know. did you leave the house or did the house leave you? I do like when they do this kind of thing because this is a huge... I left the house because she got it in the divorce. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is so a huge... the gods did leave me. This is the huge part of kind of the Kryn mythos is this idea of there having been gods and people having turned away from them and them going away. So I like when they kind of keep referring to it because that's a huge thing for societies to go through. Um, well, and so and I like when that is a discussion that people do have. And Flint talks about, you know, and they're talking about different religions and they're talking about the different in God. And Flint, yeah. Flint talks about... Well, actually, I haven't been back home, so I don't know if Reorix has showed back up yet or not. I should probably go, I, I should go check in on that someday. But because uh, he's he could be there just chilling, making weapons. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and we get this fight that actually breaks out between Caramon and Sturm, and they're 18 years old. Well, Caramon's 18. Sturm, yeah. I think, by this point is like 20. Maybe 20, yeah. And they like get into a fight, and the way this fight is described is described just seal. It seems like it's a like little kid slap fight that they get into. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the, the build up to it though is like Raceland saying something about magic, Sturm saying something bad about magic, and then Caramon's in between like, well I don't race, I don't think he meant that. Well Sturm, I don't think he meant that. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually those two start fighting. <laughs> Why'd you hit me? I'm like, no, yeah. yeah it, it's And then yeah. they get their Handed to him by the dwarf. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, okay, he had yeah. already been planning on like ways to take down Sturm before this. Yeah, like, right. I'll just take him at the knees and chop him down to yeah. my size. <laughs> no, you need some training, and I'm gonna train you how to fight from now on. Oh, is there a training montage? Yeah, yeah there is. Actually. There's always training. <laughs> just lift montages. up your kilt and show him your naughty bits. We. <laughs> Right now? Yeah, yeah, right now. So chapter three, we get some Tannis history. Oh, um, good. How he met Flint. This, this I'm, is okay. Our, I'm okay with I'm this. I'm okay with this. Yep. I had to put away my, my dislike of Tannis yep. from the other books and say, okay, so Margaret, um, how are you going to hand Tannis to me? And Tannis does not bother me during these book, th this book. I, I agree, and I think a lot of it has to do because of the fact that he 
we don't see him that much. He's not. He, in a, he only comes into like referee every now and then. Because in reality, he wasn't needed in the other books most of the time. <laughs> he cried most of the time. He just cried and was the diplomat. He was. Yeah. He was supposed to be the leader. I know the but fatherish was... half elf elf leader, almost an Obi Wan, but no. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, so they enter this partnership. We come into this um, in this part in chapter three two where. Tannis and Kit show up together. Yeah. And this some this helped a lot of things out in the original trilogy for me because we talked about this on our previous podcast when we talked about the original trilogy uh, is this idea of, wait, so Tannis and Kitiara had an affair, but didn't Tannis help raise the kids? And right. is it that and weird? Yeah, and no, not really. And now we yeah, find yeah. out. Well, and, well, now we see that it's like, when they were, when the boys were older, Tannis helped, them. and he yeah. becomes the yeah. father, the surrogate father figure. Um, but I Kit wasn't in the picture at this point. I wouldn't even right. classify him as the surrogate father. I'd classify no. him as like the like older brother. Those Flint, Flint yeah. is the surrogate yeah. father. Yeah. Flint right. is the father. Right. Tannis is the older brother. Or right. or like the uncle that wanders in every now and then. No, right. that's Tass. <laughs> Tass is the random. I will uncle. say as we no, go through no, the no, chapters. No, again, we talked about this. Tass and Flint. Are in a relationship. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I don't want to think. They about are dad it and dad. To these, they are dad and dad to these two. No. These two boys that need a that need a parental figure after their parents die. <laughs> Andrew's ticked. <laughs> <laughs> Either that, or it's going to be the co- somebody's going to jump on the com and go. I never thought about it like that. <laughs> is, is there Flint Tass fanfic out there? <laughs> yes. Yes. Rule, rule, there probably uh, rule 34? Is. Yeah. Yeah, of the internet. Yeah. Yeah, rule yeah, 34 of the internet. They're, they're, if you can pick it up, there's... <laughs> there, yeah. Especially like fanfic, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, gotta be. Now, gotta I, be. I have a question for you, Club. Yes. Are you a little jealous of Tannis right now? Mm. Uh, of him He's getting a lot of kit. Kit all the time. Just are you, are you just sitting uh, there? Go back and listen to my intro on episode one. You're giving him so much this, editing. Uh, there's right. a lot of editing I got to do on this because one. you keep swearing. <laughs> I got to get it all out now. Okay. Um, <laughs> It makes our uh, podcast sound edgier, but you don't really hear them. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I like the way they come up here, uh, that Tannis and Kit come up here, and everybody's kind of looking at him like, okay, we all know that. Oh, God, he's banging my sister. Yeah. Yep. Right, right. Which she's like, and what, Raced, 100 and some Raced years gets old? Race gets like, it right away. Race yeah. is like, yeah, this is going on. And Caramel's like, oh, well, that's going to be interesting. That they're, I wonder what they do when they're... Um, they're, they're real friendly right now. They're, they're, they're real good friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. real good friends. Right. Um, Raisin is going to have this weird issue, though, with sexual relationships yes. um, throughout this entire book. Where do you guys think that comes from and what does that say about his character? Because I, I think the Karaman issue is very straightforward, where he finally... And we'll get well, to it. This goes, th- let's... Let's talk about that when after, we get after we that. talk about chapter four, because chapter four is where this comes into the light with the lovely Miranda. Yeah, I love yes. this chapter. Okay, it's spring, chapter four, and the boys are around 20, so it's, this is good. It's spring, and what happens to everyone in spring? Well, but they, again, May Day Festival, you know, yeah. they, uh, right. you know, everyone's, they, everyone's, everyone's loosened up from those, uh, those heavy winter clothes. They Except for Raceland. They're well, doing, of course. 
irritated by all the rutting. We're doing, going on. we're doing, we're, you know, we're we're doing the you know the springtime fertility rites I mean, and who everything. Doesn't, who doesn't and like that first sight of a <laughs> the maypole? And <laughs> I like how they're, they're just sitting around like having breakfast. And Caramon's like, ah, right, well, you know, you know, Tannis is banging Kit, right? What do you think about it? <laughs> we will not discuss this. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mean that's not your guys' normal like breakfast conversation? No, I don't talk about who my sister's banging at breakfast. <laughs> Jeez. I'd come over and talk to him about it. <laughs> but So, yeah, yeah, there's these lines about um, her bed wasn't slept in last night. I don't know what bed she was sleeping in. Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> but I like, this is a very realistic kind of conversation about Caramon kind of encouraging race and to, like, hey, you know, you're, you're 20, go be with a woman. It's a lot yeah. of fun. <laughs> That's what he says. It is. Because yeah. he's been through a slew yeah. of like, Caramon, Caramon just is just burning Caramon. through yeah. the village. He is burning <laughs> through solace. Just, I mean, he walks into a bar and, yeah, half of the bar has slept with Caramon, you know? But secretly. But secretly, yeah, right? But secretly, because you can't, you know, hurt their, you can't hurt anybody's chances for marriage. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Um, so we see Caramon is very easy with the ladies, but Raceland longs for them, but is distrustful of them. Where do you think all that comes from? Maybe I, his I, crazy, crazy mother. It's well, it's his childhood too. Yeah. He's the constant picked on kid. Yeah, right. He's the constant kid that nobody's. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm always the weak one. Caram- it's je- partially je- jealousy of Caramon and like all the normal kids. Right. Yeah. You can go up and talk to women, and you can do all this stuff, and you know, everybody always looked at me as like the weak little kid, and everybody keeps calling me your younger brother. God, <laughs> it's true. So we Caramon brings up this lovely girl Miranda, right, who has an interest in him and then walking through town he bumps into her and she's strawberry blonde curly hair all the way down to her waist it's the little red-haired girl from charlie brown it is oh i love that <laughs> yes yes it is only r-rated um, yeah but just rape and just linus just linus is racelin because he's got the blanket. The, the oh, yeah. Ah, right, right, right. I mean, Charlie stinks a little bit, too. Charlie Brown is Caramon. Right. <laughs> Linus starts talking to the girl. And <laughs> what I, but Miranda's kind of into race. Yeah, Miranda seems like she's receptive Mar- to it. Mar- like, Miranda, yeah. Miranda kind of seems like she's into everybody. That, well, well, I, I yeah. think Raceland doesn't know that. Raceland we don't saved know that her nephew or niece. Yeah, yeah. 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 Raceland during the plague or whatever it was helped. And that plague. Just, that just kind of made her made her a little bit happy for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and racing like hardcore neckbeard crushes on her. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, we're gonna we're um, gonna have a future, and there's um, gonna be this, and then this is gonna happen, and yeah, and it's gonna be okay. And like maybe maybe I, maybe I can actually do this, yeah. and like I can be I can be normal with her for yeah. once, and like they hang out for mm-hmm. a while. But racing to me is oh, like the race. classic. I had friends like this, just the classic overthinker mm-hmm. of yeah. everything. Where it's like he should. Yeah, you're talking about me. That's okay. No, it's not you. <laughs> but like he overthinks everything. No, I'm talking about high school. Okay. But where like they overthink everything. Like just be cool. Just be easy. Just make small talk. Like just ease into this relationship. But like they have one interaction, and he goes home, and he's just. Stewing over everything and like every every minute detail that he did, he's focused like, on. And, yeah, he's barely yeah. talked to her, and already he's he's building a relationship, building a future, building everything else. Furiously <laughs> off in a corner. You know you're bleeding yourself. After the after the after the ten minutes, he, that's worse. <laughs> right? After talking about ten minutes for uh, after standing talking 
picking up laundry and talking about bird sex for 10 minutes. Right. But he's the quintessential dreamer, right? Where yeah. like where everything is this unrealistic dream. Good thing he lives in a fantastical world where there's magic because at least for him, that dream will someday become a reality. But this is why his life is going to completely go to sh all the time is because he overbuilds everything and then well, takes then, everything I, I think, so personally. I think this one right here makes sense because you, I you, agree. You know, the first girl you fall in love with yeah. is always like, yeah. oh, we're going to get married, we're going to have kids, we're going to do all this stuff. Like, oh my God, music oh my is God. playing. Yeah, music's playing. All the time. Butterflies in your stomach. All Ooh. the time. First girl you fell in love with, the first one you married, whatever it yeah. happens to be. There's a skating party tomorrow. <laughs> I can't sleep tonight. The second one you married. What? Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, Raceland goes goes on to be a peeping Tom. Yeah, because he's like, I'm going to go look at her window. I'm yeah. going to go look at her house. Because that's normal. Because that's going to make me feel good. <laughs> so he's in the bushes outside her house. And he hears some, uh, hears some, some noises from the sauna. From the, yeah, from the garden <laughs> shed. shed. That's the garden shed. Shed, sauna, they're about <laughs> the same, right? Right. Well, yeah. The garden shed's a little more uncomfortable. Well, it's, it's yeah, just yeah. as steamy in there right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about old Marge. And what, what? I love this scene. I love yeah. this scene, but when she was held back by her by Tracy Hickman, Hickman was all about the boot scene, right? Where you don't show the sex, yep. you cut away, you do the L-shaped sheet like mm -hmm. you say, up. Old Marge. Marge don't, Marge don't care. Marge, I like and, and Marge. And I, I think we, we all have always said we know when it's Margaret writing. Yes. Yeah. We know because it's the stuff we like the most. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's true. So Racing goes over to the garden shed, looks through a chink in the wall, and he sees Miranda, like, huffing and puffing with some dude. It is softcore going on there. And he's just... Pissed. Yeah, like yeah. she's like, like leaning back and arching, and her hair is flowing around. And he's a, like, "Who? What the he hell's see, going on?" Yeah. Here? He sees a breast and a large hand, and he's just gripping it. He's gripping it, uh, and then who rolls her <laughs> he's over? He's squeezing and it like a cush ball. Um, <laughs> and then who who rolls her over and slams her down to the ground? Caravan, you Caramon's absolute bastard! <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was lonely for the night. She needed a bit of. So was I. Well, I was lonely. We folded laundry hands. together. But I feel for It was very important to because me. Because what a jerk move she on Caramon. Yeah, Caramon. That is, you are right. Yeah, Caramon brought her up yeah. to Raceland. Is like, hey, she likes you. You should pursue this. And I don't know if Caramon's unaware of his oh, brother's pining over but her. But he's totally unaware that all this happened. It just happened to be that, like... Miranda at some point in the evening now came on to him and he's like, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Well, this is where he's kind of... And again, they always try to talk about Caramon not being stupid, just slow. But I do think sometimes he acts like a doofus. Well, yeah. they're, they're only 20 years old. He's like, a 20-year-old dude yeah, and true. a fiery redhead just asked him to bang in a garden I don't shed. know if at 20, if I was encouraging my brother to go see some girl, that i just go bang her in the... Okay, well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> There's a there's a whole lot of hormones still rushing around. Yeah, that's right. true. Yeah. Just feel it rushing through and your ears. In Caramon's defense, Caramon had Caramon has no idea that that interaction ever happened. He has no, no idea no, that no, no, no. Raceland even talks to Miranda he, or anything else. And as Caramon talked about earlier, they he said, you know, you have to keep it quiet if you're with him. He probably doesn't even think his brother's gonna ever find out that he. Which is worse. Yeah, a little bit. 
But he's sitting there just kind of going, she wanted to have fun, I wanted to have fun, done. Yeah. But here we see the passion of Raceland, and I mean that in like We also a, saw some passion yeah, of the Caramon. Oh, yeah. The, but the, the passion rage. of the Caramon. <laughs> I like this juxtaposition. Uh, as uh, as Raceland is being passionate, or Caramon is being passionate in his own way, we see Raceland now how he can be so then irrational, right? Yeah. Like he's if, if he had the ability to burn them both right there, he would have. And I love this foreshadowing of yeah, that. He's trying to figure out spell. Do. He's like, do I know a spell that starts a garden shed on fire? <laughs> That'll learn him how. Uh, it's called him. it's called a match. Like just, just he could just, just light run back to his room because I I know that he's probably got some sort of glass pipe in his drawer. Just grab the matches, come back, burn down the shed. You know. So we move on to chapter five. Yeah. Uh, after after doing a little doing a little peeping Tom and uh, Raceland runs angrily into the night. He's so pissed off. Uh, like we talked about, if he had a spell, he would have burned the girl and his brother right there. Right. Wanders into the bed, and he's like, he's just pissed. And if, you yep. know, I, I I get this, you know. You I have, do too. You have the, that, that sometimes those times where you're walking, and you're just walking, and you're lost in your thoughts, and you're lost in your thoughts, and then it's all of a sudden, I should not be here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you realize where you've just walked to. Yeah, you know? right. And you're like, I, this is a bad part of time. Right. I should not be here. And if there's one, this whole thing sets up uh, Solus as being a much larger town than was previously in my Definitely. head. Definitely. Where I'm like, oh wait, there's a bad part of town. What like, if, I never thought of the bad part of town. What are those trees all craggly? And yeah. When I first thought of Solus, I thought of like that small starter village. That's what I thought. Like D&D, that small one that doesn't really have too many problems. But it's up in the trees, so it's cool. But yeah, it's up in the trees, yeah. it's cool, nothing nothing too crazy, and then yeah, there's a bad part of town. So, yeah, so but like the just... bad part of town is like there's trees with like a trailer house in it. There's like another trailer house teed onto it where it like comes down to the ground. <laughs> they got this weird, they got this cart with two wheels. It's it's sitting there with it's just jacked up. It's only got two wheels the, on the side. The cart up on blocks. There's an old school ice chest in the front yard just open. <laughs> They randomly, they randomly have like couches in the front, in like right in front of their tree, just to make sure people can sit down and sleep. And see, and this is going to be a total, totally meta reference to anybody. But this is all of a sudden you're walking down Superior Street, and you've walked into the Red Lion. <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah, that's really nobody that, knows what we're that, talking that about. That bar you walk, yeah, that sure bar you walk in, where it's you know, you've just walked into like the villains bar off YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oof. <sighs> and so he's there. He gets a drink of water out of the public fountain or the public bucket. I would yeah, drink right. out of that. And we find he overhears his sister, Kitty R. Well, somebody comes up and he's like, I shouldn't be here. And so he steps behind a tree and yeah. who's here but he his really, sister. He really likes to just kind of peep on people, doesn't he? He's he a creep. To, yeah, he's, he's kind he's of a, he's a creep. He was being creepy earlier. He's being smart right now. He's, That's a, true. he's a scrawny That's little true. dude in the bad part of town. He's hiding. All right. So she's talking to this guy named Bailiff. Right, um, and Kit is passing all these maps and info on Qualanesti to him, and there's talk of dragons and joining Ariakas's army. Right, so all these drops of people and things and events that we know are coming down the road in Chronicles. Right, yeah. Um, they discover Raceland, um, but dun 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 dun. Kit sticks up for him. Right, so I, I like all this mm-hmm. part. Um, it does show how Kit is slowly becoming darker and darker. I agree because at, at all this time i still see all the good in kit she's yep. doing things i mean she's come from this broken home where she's basically had to raise these two boys yeah. all by herself and so she's all about control 
and forging her own way in the world. She's had to forge it all her life. And this is this is easy power and money and prestige, uh, all the things she's wanted in life, and it's coming very easily to her. All she has yeah. to use is her innate talents, um, uh, whatever those might be. Ooh, <laughs> hey. Right? Uh, <laughs> nice. Hey, settle down, Club. Settle down. <laughs> she gets really mad, though, when it's suggested that she is using Tannis and that she doesn't love him. Yeah. And so I get from this that she does love Tannis. As much as she point. can love any man. I agree. Yeah, yeah. because mm-hmm. she's a user. She's got her own plans. Yeah. Yeah. She I mean she does wholeheartedly later on in the book try to convince him to go with her north. So it, it it makes sense. It's not one of those where it's super hidden. She wants him up there with yeah. her. But this is a great this is very we we we've had lovey-dovey Kitiara for right. too long here. Yeah. And I think this is a great like cuz we've been around for a couple months now, haven't we? We've yeah. been in town for a couple months, and I'm like, why is Kit still here? Mm-hmm. Right. This is There's no action in this town. There's nothing going on. Oh, she's Tanning. a spy. Right, right, right. Yep. Oh, she's a yep. spy, and she's handing she's handing stuff off to the bad people. I thought, I thought you were going to say that she's, she's sticking here. around for Tanning. Right? She is, partially. But, yeah. I think But so there's too. also all this stuff yeah. that she has from her What's time What's there to spy on in Solis? No, she... Tannis. Oh, no, not Tannis. She has all the maps. maps. She has all the information. Solace is a great place for a drop because they talked about how it was always people yeah, were always traveling, like so it's a perfect but spot to exchange information. I could see her like around the like, like around ye old uh, <laughs> tavern table with Tannis and just you know snuggled in by the fire and just been like, so tell me about your homeland again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, we, <laughs> we we really do see the down home girl who's lived on the edge now. Becoming a woman and finding her own place, and she's now being pulled between the responsibilities that she's gaining from joining the army, basically of Tachesis, which we don't know yet. But Ariakis, right, is yeah. the the, yeah. the head general. So the last time you were there, how many guards did you say were in the front door? Oh yeah, my God. Uh, <laughs> this is yeah. yeah. Where's, yeah. where's the weak point in the wall? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> and Tails got a few drinks in him with the younger woman sitting on his lap. And he's going, Life is good. <laughs> um. But I've been looking for action here, and in all honesty, these last two chapters or whatever um, haven't given me the action I needed, but it's like I flipped the head on a Pez dispenser, and I just took a big hit of candy, because I liked this stuff. I don't know. This was good stuff. I really enjoyed this. I don't know if it's setting us on a direction yet, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's it's intriguing, it's fun, it's... Tantalizing and titillating. Mm. Uh, so, so I, I liked this. I so, do have to say though, if if we hadn't read the earlier books, would we of, like this? No, so it would not no. matter. So, because we've read the books, it matters. I, I agree. Mm. I think I'm firmly coming down on you. Have to read <laughs> yeah. this after the yeah. chronicle. So we move on to chapter six, where we need some action. So let's go to a birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> and can I just say? <laughs> can I just say? And every like sci-fi or fantasy does this. Yep. Just call it a birthday. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to go through life this day. life day, this day of life party. Uh, yes. this, it's the life the, gift. Day of, day of life gift party? Is What's that the, what they call it? Day. It's life like, day for Wookiees. Life day for Wookiees. Life day for Wookiees. Just call it Q a birthday. Cue Princess Leia I do, I do like, you know, like, I will. everybody in town <laughs> goes to the end of the last home to celebrate their birthday. It's kind of like, I I don't know if you guys had this. I don't. Dairy Queen. Everybody. No, for, for me, it was Pizza Hut. Oh, yes. You we went in the basement yeah. of Pizza yeah. Hut. Yeah. Basement of Pizza Hut, yes. <laughs> See, I, I'm old enough 
to where we went to Godfather. Yeah, I was gonna say oh, it was Godfather. Oh, Godfather's had just died by the time and, by the time and we everybody were, we would line up, up trying to play the the Russia versus America. The bubble hockey game. Yeah. Bubble, yeah. Hockey, bubble yeah. hockey game. Bubble We'd have hockey bubble hockey amazing. tournaments. Cubert. We'd play Cubert. Oh, I love Cubert. And WWF oh. pinball. World, <laughs> World Wildlife Foundation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think they still have bubble hockey at the arena in town. They, they do. Do they, they really? Do. Yeah. Yes, it's still there. Yeah. <laughs> First, that, that, straight that, from that 1982. Machine, yeah, that machine is older than us, Paul. I, I, I was gonna I say, don't know how it's still a, running. There might have been a bubble hockey that my friends and I broke I, in. What uh, has gone away that I loved was Centipede. Because they had this upright Centipede and they'd have that track ball. And all you I do is hit continuous fire and just fling that ball back and forth. <laughs> 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 Tabletop Pac-Man. Oh, <laughs> Tabletop yeah, Pac-Man with the rollerball. Yeah. I love rollerballs. They, I, oh. So we're at the le- we're at- <laughs> and actually the I, I, I'm just again this is too meta but I'm just gonna throw this in I want to know where I want to know what's gonna go on in a lot of my friends' kids like when they get to be our age and have a conversation and have the same conversation because for most of my friends outside of you guys right we have the we have the little kids' birthday parties at the bar. <laughs> that's that's weird. Iron There's range. a backyard. That's, we set up games. Like, you remember when everybody had their birthday at the dugout? <laughs> Go like, play yeah. holly bars at the dugout. Celebrate that was a your bar. Day of- what were our parents thinking? <laughs> Celebrate your day of life. Exactly. <laughs> life gift. So uh, the whole crew is celebrating at the last end of the home. The the end of the the last home. So close. (laughs) The end of the last home. Okay, what do you guys think about Tika showing up? Do do we need to have a drop of Tika? Eight-year-old Tika? No. No. Is this eight-year-old or is this when she's like like eight? Twelve now. No, she's like eight because she climbs up Caramon's back and he like picks her off like a tick and is like, she's ugly with red. She's ugly with freckles. There's part of me that is okay. Like I enjoy that he finds her not attractive at first, but I didn't need to see everybody. No, yeah, um, I agree. I agree. And I know because Tika is is really I think very sexualized in in the later book. Well, the later book, the earlier Chronicles. Oh, Wait till you get to second gen. Oh, and really? Cougar Tika. Oh God. Okay. Ooh. Well, I'm gonna get right on. I gotta go. <laughs> But I, I don't know that I need to see them as a, than a, a young young child. Eh, yeah, well, and yeah. this just set it up because I always felt like uh, like I knew that Tika was younger than everybody else. But then I'm like, okay, so I is didn't she know like, it was that. Is she young. like is she like 16 when we go on the adventure in the original? Yeah, I I got actually weirded by this because I'm like, where is the timeline <laughs> yeah. in all this? Because we are not far out that. from Chronicles. I know, I know they jumped again. They jump later on a little bit more where she. I thought she was older than eight. When she, I thought the yeah. first time we saw her, she was, and then I thought we saw her again later on in the books. I, I think here she's eight, but maybe I'm wrong. I might, yeah, here she, mistaken. here she's a little kid because she literally cl- start. Caramon's sitting there with his drink, and she is like the little kid who like crawling on who, him, who like yeah. crawls up his back, and he just like one arm picks her off. And I goes, think it's oh, the, I think it's wild, at the very end. And then the he makes a comment end. about how ugly she is with yeah. the freckles. Yeah, I thought I, it ruined an uglier little kid. I yeah. thought it ruined some of me. I don't know if you'd call it passion or lust or whatever from the other books because then that gets weird. Yeah, I, I, or I I know what happens, but I didn't like it. Well, <laughs> and realistically, you got to remember this is their twentieth birthday party. So okay, if they're ten. Years different in age. That's really not that no, big a deal. Not. After it is it to be older. I agree. I agree. It's not. But I didn't. I didn't need. But yeah, it here. I didn't. Need, I didn't need the drop here. It, again, we get. We did get the backstory in the original trilogy on how Tika's parents died and Oleg Dugaran and everything else. And yeah. so I guess okay, she would be here at some point. 
I like how we have this huge discussion about dragons and gods and the Again. reality of the whole thing. I, I enjoyed yeah. it. I liked it. I thought it was good. And it was, it's very short. I do like that Margaret keeps these kind of things pretty short. Uh, you know, they're about uh, two pages. Usually, if they mm. go, I think this one's a two page. That, that is nice that they're short, but it's like every time they came up, I did kind of find myself going like, "Ugh." You know why? Because I think having plowed through Chronicles and Legends, it's really done to death in those yeah. books. Yeah. You know all this stuff, and all she's doing is bringing back stuff we already know. And I didn't and mind we, and it. We it was in, short. We throw in more shenanigans because Tasselhoff is that drunk friend who starts doing stupid human tricks after a couple beers. <laughs> Kara, he's, it's trying, little... he's trying to stand on his head. <laughs> oh, and Caramon's drunk. Um, <laughs> which is an illusion, right? To, yeah, his buddies. To, his, to his later problem. Yeah. I like I like how you put that. Kit, Kit and Tannis leave to bang. Well, and they're that couple who are just, everybody's talking and people are having a good time and the party's going on. She's hot and, and she's all she's over like, him. She, yeah, she's just all over him. him. She's Not rubbing such. his ear underneath the table and... It's just all the this. amount of editing I've got to do. <laughs> this know. is unreal. I know. <laughs> it's just you two. We're fine. <laughs> I know. Sorry. We're old. <laughs> well, you're, you're the out. one doing it. I don't I care. Hey, uh, so they, you know, we get this whole thing on where she convinces him that, that it's time to go. It's time to go home, big boy. <laughs> oh, but I'm having fun. No, it's no, time to, to go. go. We, we, yeah. Yes. To go. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Oh. Oh. All right, well. <laughs> I'm getting kind of tired. We'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> it's 7 o'clock. <laughs> yep, see you tomorrow. <laughs> um, oh. uh, again, in my notes, I, I do have this whole, uh, all in all, I love this chapter, but we're now halfway through this book. What's the action? What are the stakes? You are so right. Yeah. What are we What are we doing here? Like, it has been a love note to these characters, mm-hmm. right? And I've loved it so far. But, okay. Put a now, pin Put a pin but let's Okay, go. you have sold this to a book publisher. There's got to be something that's going to happen here in this book. It can't just be yeah. looking through Caramon and Raceland's album of childhood memories. Yeah. Right? You know, let's leave this birthday party. What's going on? Right? So, chapter 7, Taz knocks and bursts in on Raceland. Flynn has been trying to teach Taz to knock and then wait to be let in. I kind of like that whole thing. That was a cute little job where he just knocks as he's coming in the door. Yeah. yeah. Hi, I'm here. But I knocked. <laughs> You're I'm... pushing the door open while you knocked. Uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> you know I'm here now. We're good. Yeah, yeah. but... Racing quickly puts his robe back together. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, um, Flint's sick. Flint's sick. you got to come. Flint's sick. Um, it's, not, it's not any good... You're like he's Flint's in pain and he's sick and he needs your help. Yeah, because he's got a deflection of room. <laughs> he's got rheumatism. He's got, got rheumatism. He's got rheumatoid arthritis. That's what he has. Why yep. did I put that entire thing into my notes? I don't know. I was looking at the same <laughs> I, thing. Into my notes, I put in where where the deflection of room comes from. Um, near the beginning of the second century uh, CE, yes. Greek physician, writer, and philosopher Galen of Pergamum appears to have coined the term rheumatismus. There we go. Huh? It's uh, an alternative meaning is phlegm. Yeah, he's got rheumatoid arthritis. That's what that's he has. That's all what he has, yeah. right? Yeah. right. What, his back and legs hurt or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's actually what happens is you, yeah. can, you, 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 you actually can seize up. Yep. yep. Yeah. So Flint's not going to be going on a journey for a while, right? So no. Race and Caramon have a conversation about Kit. They know that she's lied about all of the money and where it's from because she's pretty much walking around always with a big old roll. Mm. Oh, yeah. She's giving out, she's giving out <laughs> that steal like it's nothing. Chapter 8. Chapter 8. <laughs> Hey, hey, we're going to go somewhere. We're finally leaving Solace and going oh, somewhere. Where are we go- oh, we're going to another fair. 
We're only going 90 miles. It's like, we're leaving here. We're going to Duluth. <laughs> Stop giving away our... Sorry. Stop doxing us. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Most people already know. Well, we're going to Haven. Um, yeah. We've not, been there before. Which, honestly, that's just downtown. I was going to say, that's... We're going to the Haven. Dox us again. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're going to Haven. Yeah, we've been there already. So, yeah. Okay. I, the, the, the whole thing of them traveling there, I don't know if this is all in Chapter 8. But the whole thing of, like, Sturm and Caramon just being, like, way too, like, ready to jump at anybody who comes by them. I, I love that. Oh, yeah. I do, too. It is, the, the newbie it, adventurers. It, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, it is. This is the the, the fresh army guys. Yeah. 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 This is the, you are, you know, you're a private, you're 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 an E3, you just got out of basic, and, like, you're, you're at your first, you're at your first place, and you're at your first job, and, yeah, you're gonna do it, yeah! <laughs> and you got the E4s behind him just going... Shut up. So did I miss something? I never pictured Flint as just like an old man who made stuff and then went to sell it at fairs. No. Like, no, I don't that, mean, that's new in this they, book. They, yeah, it's, it's new in this book. They talked about him being crafty, I think, but that's he, about no, it. No, no, he, yeah, his forge, and, like, they talked about all that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I just thought stuff. he knew how to do it, this, but I never... The, the, yeah, this is before they went on their five, on their, on their five hour, their five year tour. I never yeah. thought, like, he was a guy that would just go from, like... But that's kind of what you can do. Swap meat to swap meat, <laughs> selling his stuff. This is like, yeah, he's, he's yeah, gonna actually. be you in like eight, in like. That's what I'm gonna be doing. 50, just, 60 years, you'll be the guy that just, just sits loading, there with random stuff, just, just loading up stuff. the pickup truck. He's got, got like some. an old Toyota with the topper. It's just crammed to the gills with just. <laughs> and then he shows up, opens it up, pulls out a tarp, throws it on the grass. Brings out some tires, a couple <laughs> parts of a car. Oh, he's he's always knickknacks. And you know what? He, he's not gonna haggle either. He's got like this five, is all worth a lot. To he's him. got like five Marvel comic books from like the 1970s, but he's pulled them out for the last three years, so they're all color faded. There's like mildew growing on the bottom. He's like, no, no. Then he throws out the eBay prices underneath them. This is going for twenty five dollars on eBay. No, no, no. Flint is the guy that you go you go to the fair or you go to the, you know, the flea market or whatever it is, and he's got the immaculately set up booth. Yeah. Yeah, where you feel like you're afraid to touch anything. Yes. Where you're like, I don't wanna I don't wanna break it. Yeah, and he's just and all of a sudden you look and there's just this biker guy sitting in the back. Yeah. You break it, you buy it. Well, I don't know if this is the action I wanted, going to a swamp meet, but here we go. Uh, chapter 9, uh, the road to Haven. As they're going to the on swamp meet. On the road meets, again? On the, and like, part, part of the reason. On the road well, again. The only reason uh, Race like and Caramon are going. Is Traveling is the, with Flint going to Haven. <laughs> the only reason Raceland and Caramon are going is because Raceland needs to learn like battle spells. Right. Yeah. He, he's obsessed yeah, he with that. He wants to be a war mage. Yes, after oh, listening to Kitiara and her little dealings, like he's like, oh, I'm going to get a job with yeah. them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I can do that. And this is a heck of a lot better place, than pulling a rabbit out of a hat. This is the place that has those books, right? Is that? Yes, there, there's a... Um, there's a dude. Some sort of magic shop. Yeah. Yeah. Go we'll we'll to get magic. to it. We'll get it, to it. It has a specific like title. Um, yeah, we'll get to it. To the magic but that's what she's shop. like, Caramon, we're going. He's like, get some time off. We're going on an adventure. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I want to okay. go to this magic shop in the big city. Whole thing about him <laughs> exactly. dancing on the porch yeah. and almost breaking through again. Up until this time, he's just been hanging out with weird Megan, just brewing up weird tea. Yeah. And now he's like, oh, the big town. There's a good magic shop in town. We're going. Mm -hmm. So I like how they're on the road and they're all just, they're they're They've cool. never traveled before, nope. so they're just really edgy about nope. this entire thing, which which I kind of like. 
And Tannis and Flint are making fun of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. This they, whole thing like, like, could you guys, could you guys look any more new? Can yeah. you at least look like you know what you're doing? Yeah. Yep. And then we have this weird shoved in thing to like way to drop the mood down of 20 pegs as Tannis like is looking at Kit going, I'm going to live for hundreds of years. Yeah. And I'm going <laughs> exactly. to watch you grow old. And she and doesn't die. give a crap. Mood. And I'm instantly transported to Highlander yeah, where they always play Queens who wants to live forever. Yes. The original the original the original Highlander. Yeah. Where like he's living with her on he's living with yeah. her out, the, out on that island and yep. like they do the like pan around and she's 19 and they pan around again and he looks exactly the same and she's like 52. Yeah, and she's almost <laughs> yeah, that, that ratty gray wig. That's yes. <laughs> kind of the bad lines. Don't watch it in Blu-ray, folks. It but doesn't yeah. hold up. <laughs> who wants to live forever? Who wants to live forever? Uh, yeah, and then, uh, then we're back into funness again. And then all of a sudden there's a traffic jam. Yeah, yeah. Because there's these traffic weird... Traffic jam of priests and snakes. Priests and bells. I, I, wait, they have a snake? They have snakes on their arms? I'd like to see snakes on their arms. What kind of snakes are they? I'm going to go up and look at snakes on their arms. Yeah. <laughs> then he leaps two feet in the air. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> So, obviously, because they have snakes and vipers wrapped around their arms, we're tipped off. Belzor's priests are evil. Yes. Right? Um, So, chapter 10. When you said that, I just had the dumb picture. Like, just a bunch of white, like, just the white-shirted guy driving a viper with a snake (laughs) head. Here comes the priests of Belzor. Just a douche. (laughs) It's a fight gang. Shows up with Snake ching tattoos. ching. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter ten. Caramon is turned down by a noble girl on the road. Oh and, dang it! Well, actually, he's not turned down by her. He's turned down by her father. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> She's uh, all about him. But I, which I just it, wanted to have a phone. Which he's like, uh, you don't need to be cavorting with that kind of riffraff, right? With then weirdly, Caramon like puts a doily on his head <laughs> and starts like tiptoeing down the road, going riffraff. Like, it's funny to see these characters act bizarre, but I felt like this road trip got a little tonally up and down. Like, tonally, yeah. it was like, it was all over the map. Like, the threat of Belzor's priests, uh, Caramon is tiptoeing around singing, like, tiptoe through the tulips guy, whatever, what's his name? Um, Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. Like, Tiny Tim. Like, you know. I don't know that we needed to spend this much time on this. Because nothing's happened exactly. in this book. Exactly. Like, let's get somewhere. Well, like, it, the road part's and not when important. We're, when we're going through this scene, it's like it's, he just becomes Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm Riff Raff. <laughs> Nerds. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, so the head of the priest is good old Judith. Uh, just old oh, Judy's Judy. around. Uh, oh. Judy's back. Judy, Judy, Judy. Guess who's back? Jude's back Judy. again. Judy's back. Judes is back. Bring a friend. Um, Okay, so chapter 11, uh, Grayson finally gets to go buy his herbs and visit the the smoke shop. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to the big town to hit up the smoke shop. I'm going to get one of those vape pens that looks like the Star Wars blaster. Look, it's just just, the pipes just used for tobacco. It's fine. (laughs) But this is like this high and mighty town that you know they frown upon this now. So there, there, no one wants to go near his shop. It's all it's kinda, all boarded up. Yeah, they told him he can't be selling stuff anymore, and it just becomes. And I'm waiting for more of a, like we haven't had a good mentor. Yeah, no, for Raceland. 
in his magic. We haven't had that. You know, we haven't had Raceland's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. And so that's what I'm waiting for here. And this guy we meet here seems cool, but he's just he's just weird. Right. <laughs> I do love Lemurus. I, I did want to read this part because, uh, boy, Old Marge did a really good thing here, I think, with uh, comparing and contrasting Caramon and Raceland's soul and talks about them. It says, um, Caramon's, in the house of Caramon's soul, the door stood always wide open. The window shutters were flung wide. The sun shone daily. Anyone was welcome. There was not much furniture in Caramon's house. Visitors could see into every corner. And I like that. I love that how Caramon's this open book, whereas she then says, and the house of Raceland's soul was far different. The door was kept barred, open only at crack to visitors, and then only very few were permitted to cross the threshold. Once there, they were not allowed to come much further. His windows were shut and shuttered. Here and there a candle gleamed, a warm spot in the darkness. The house was filled with furniture and objects, strange and wonderful, but it was not messy or cluttered. He could instantly lay his hand on whatever was needed. Visitors could not find his corners, much less Cry into them. There's uh, good in him. I feel it. Yeah, <laughs> I just. It was. It was a, it's a cool. I really like that description that Marge mm, did that, of the two, and it's completely what those two characters are. Yeah, uh, I yes. like it. I really like it. So we get to the maid shop of Lemuel, and he's reclusive, <laughs> private because the uh, Belthazor, Belthazor, yeah, Belthazor, Belthazor, Belzor, Belzor, Belzor. The Belzor clerics have come and told him he's evil and a demon, and if he sells anything, they're gonna come get him. Yeah, this is. And so you shut up shop. I'm gonna get yeah. you because they're against magic, which we'll weirdly see they use magic. Yeah, that's the whole idea. Yeah, right? exactly. And it's, we it's are adding, I don't believe. I don't, I don't believe in monetary things, but I you. If you send me money to buy <laughs> to buy a jet, then I'll, I'll have the jet for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will uh, say this is adding now a little bit of tension. Exactly. You're starting we get, we to get see some a little tension. bit of tension. Because he's, Raceland doesn't know any of this, and he's just been walking around in his robes. Right, yeah. right. And so he knocks on the door, and he gets kind of, we get kind of like the short little bald guy who like sticks the eye out, and is like, go away! We're not open anymore. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've got a plant. Well, that's a horse of a different color. Before this, when they were first coming in, weren't they greeted by somebody trying to trying yes. to recruit them? And didn't that uh, that uh, possible? Uh, it was yeah. It was whatever. It, it was it, it was the uh, it was the jade. It, it was the Belthador. Belth. Belzor. Belzor. It was the Belzor witness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't yeah. Basically, <laughs> didn't he say that Raceland wasn't invited then because, because he is because he's openly wearing the robes. Yeah. Yeah. If you give up your stuff, then maybe we'll talk. Yeah. We may have to give up the evil. And so he gets in the he gets in the door and gets this guy to actually talk to him because he's got some black bryony, which is a rare plant that's really hard to grow. And so he pulls right. it out of his pocket. This guy's name's Lemuel, and Lemuel's Lemuel. like, "Oh my god, I don't have that in my garden." Yeah, come on in. Yeah, he comes on in and then get and then oh, you're looking for warm age stuff. Uh, my dad was a warm age. There might be something in his study yeah. up there if you want to go look. And Rayson walks in and you, you, we, we see the light and the like. We hear the no. Yeah. And Rayson slowly gets a chill as three qu- as three quarters of the warm age Britannica. Is <laughs> Not the really good stuff, but all the base. All, yeah, all yeah, the basics are there. Yeah. And in sure. that moment. He ejaculated. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't let you. No, you just have to cut that out. You stole that joke from a different podcast. I know, but yeah, I, I just yeah, But it's what we reference yeah, and we say true. you should yeah. go listen to. So it's all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, 
we find out this little thing that spell books should never be gifted, which I think is kind of an interesting. I actually little like drop this here. idea. I really like yeah. this idea. Yeah. So um, he does. He refuses money at first for the books. He's like, I'm not using them. You can just have them. Um, do you have any more like cool plants? Yeah. <laughs> you got any sticky icky? Sticky icky. Well, they have to do some sort Purple of exchange, haze. right? Yeah. Purple haze. Uh, so Did money, I show my age? <laughs> money, money ends up breaking the hold, right, and frees it for use. I. That's a cool idea, I think, for even if you're a D and D. Uh, well, and I think you know, I think yeah. too, it's a nice little thing. So therefore, you can't just steal somebody else's spell books and use them. Yeah, you have to. You know, there has to be some sort of legitimate transaction here, almost like the spell books themselves are are semi sentient. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I like I how how for I guess for your D and D playing, how this really locks down magic in a lot of ways. Like there's there Margaret's creating a lot oh, of guidelines. Well, that, that, and that's, how, that's how it used to work. It's different yeah. now. Well, and this yeah. and this would be you know this is why well, I like what, this. I like all these rules. This stuff. is right out of a this is right out of somebody's campaign. Yeah, this idea of okay, well, she you, was playing all the time. Yeah. I'm well, sure yeah. she played. But yeah, you go to Haven and you find this guy and you have to convince the guy how do you get through the door and once you get through the door you have to convince you have to how find do you get the, the battle mage and book? How you can get them and yeah, yeah. It's just, this is straight out of a module somewhere. That, that, it, feel, yeah. it feels like yeah. yeah. Well, and they played all the time, so I'm sure it's something that she had ran through or done or it came. All right, it. so it gets to be night, and so uh, race race puts on ye old uh, disguise a Rooney. <laughs> And they go. They, they're going to go check out the cult meeting. Um, <laughs> yeah, what I like is what I like here, though, is, is Weiss. I feel is really kind of almost making fun of herself here because hmm. she talks about Rachel and changing clothes, and I just I'm picturing him in like just just overalls and a white shirt and a big like white puffy shirt and a big floppy hat. <laughs> They'll never recognize me now. See, <laughs> right. It's like, the, it's like the Marvel disguise where all you got to do is put on a baseball cap and sunglasses yeah. and nobody knows who you are even though you're world famous. Right. And this temple, uh, we're finding out these guys just kind of like, they're feeling very southern uh, religious to me. They're doing the taking they're up. They're snake up a, handlers. They're taking of up. They are. They're doing the yep. taking up of snakes. And like how a lot of times they'd have like the big tent revival type of stuff yes. where they come in and set up a tent. These guys just wheel in and set up stones. But they're kind of crappy. They're like not great stones. They haul them in on sledges. Well, they, yeah, and they're call, and they're talking about how like the statues in here are not good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's a snake, but it really looks like that thing that you made in seventh grade art. They kept blowing up in the uh, in the kiln. Yeah, they're they're got a lot of atmosphere going. They're burning poppy seeds and, and this well, of course they're bur- they're burning poppy seeds because it's a hell of a lot easier to seduce the masses when they're high as hell. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. because think, think about how many good ideas you've had and things you've done. Going, I think that's a good idea when you've been high as hell. Right. But they're going to play on this whole thing and not, I'm not going to touch on the religious aspect of this, but right, that that you're going to come in and a lot of this, you know, let's say the more nefarious aspects of religion where people do the fake healings mm-hmm. and the fake, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, casting people down where they all fall down and that kind of stuff. That's what's going to happen in this temple is they're all, all these people are high on, on poppy seeds and then they're going to do a fake Sylvia Brown psychic thing. Oh, God, yeah. You know, you know, you know you're exactly right. I, yeah. I feel like if this were set in like a slightly different idea, Judas has got the earpiece in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is there a, is there a, 
Is there a Caramon out there? Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling the name Care. Care. Somebody who cares a lot about uh, men. Caramen. Caramen out there. I'm right here. Right, yeah. And, and the have priest... You been, have you been feeling bad about uh, something in your life? Uh, <laughs> who I mean, doesn't at some point? Who doesn't yeah. feel bad about yeah. something? All in these prosaic questions that are meant to elicit responses that are already prearranged. And you also, you know, the priests are probably meeting people at the door having conversations and then funneling that information well, back. And I and the scene when they're walking in here too, because race picks up on this right away, is yeah. like, don't anybody breathe going by these guys because yeah. you're going to get high. Yeah. And, Car- <laughs> and I just have this picture, the way she describes it, of Caramon like, Pulling up his shirt collar, <laughs> and, like turtling in his shirt, it's and being totally so like normal. obvious if you're paying attention. He's like, "Don't pay attention to me." Yeah, <laughs> I, don't look but the me. cultists are so into it, they're not. They yeah. don't see it. And you, know? you do uh, while they're going through their ceremony or whatever you want to say about mm-hmm. it. Uh, you do see the real reason Judith is doing this all, and it's all about the money. Yeah, because oh, yeah. every every person that shows up there, she somehow asks. For money, property, yep. some way to right, and so she has. Would somehow, you like to talk to your father again? It, so, yes. so elucidate me on this. She has right. We're seeing her progression as a character as well. She really was a know nothing when she was back living with their mom, right? Yeah, when, she, when, when they were start when they were, but she was just starting out. Right, the cult I was there. gonna, I was gonna say. So she has, in some way, which we don't necessarily know how, moved up into the upper echelons. At of the one guests. point, David Koresh was still that weird <laughs> guy living next door. Oof. Jim Jones was that yeah. guy you saw at the supermarket. This is Lafayette Hubbard. <laughs> oh my God. Before Scientology. They're doing the moon child ritual. Uh, don't worry, we'll get to it. Well, it's coming, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, coming. <laughs> Elrond. Uh, we're going to oh, take on Scientology, And this baby. whole idea, you know, the man can't find the money from his father. It's super vague. Yeah, right. Um, we have all this stuff. Uh, like, you, like you talked about... Or like you were going to talk about here, the the chick with the kid, with yep. the dead, I don't know. Yeah, I don't the know. Dead baby is Marge. It's 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 written so very well that it just uh, breaks your. Th- this heart. actually got but me. Where did you come up with this? This actually got me a this little horrible. Probably from watching some of yeah, those. TV yeah, movies. this this one got me more emotional than it probably should have because I was channeling my own children then when reading oh, this part because I have little. Oh else. yes. Oh yeah, and I'm like, yes. oh, oh, I'm like, yes. oh my god, oh my god, like Margaret, this is a little bit much for me. But it's good my job, girl Margaret. In darkness. Well, why yeah. would you think yeah. she was in darkness? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, Are you Elvin? <laughs> and it's like, uh, yeah, my grandfather's father's brother, or my great great grandfather was half elf. Yeah. If that means, well, you're a dirty species, and your child's gonna die in the dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh God. Are you gonna die? Your child's gonna spend eternity in the darkness crying. But even with snakes. push all oh, this, oh, this yeah. down south, like, welcome to Belzors, right? And we're like, we're a cult here and everything. They're even like racist because <laughs> if you're if you're like half elf. Well, well, to hell with you! You oh, God. Out. You're oh, dirty. God, they're a bunch of racists. Yeah. I gotta go. We don't want none of our none of our kids hanging out with them half elves. And if you breed with them, you're gonna get a bunch of intermingled half elves. And we don't want none of that down here. However, now we're gonna go burn some snake effigies out in the field. Hey, That's now, what it feels like. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Now, now, now <laughs> you said it was your great 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 grandfather. Well. How much money do you have on you? Because we may be able to come to some sort of decision to make things okay. There's for a big, to, there's for a your... big flag of Belzer in the corner that has a snake that says "Don't tread on." 
that, that darkness could get a little brighter if you, if you just give us a little bit of that shiny coin. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. Exactly. And I, I, and this is a huge redeeming scene with Raceland for me here. Yeah. To after we go through the cult meeting and there's oh, like, I'm ready for the, the I'm snakes. ready for Raceland to kill it's these snakes, people. The snakes come out. Raceland go Raceland finds this lady after the services is like your child is fine. Come back tomorrow and I'll prove it to you. Yeah. 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 Okay, can And he hates that. He at this it. point I'm actually jacked. I'm like I cannot wait for Raceland to come back and throw down with these mofos of Belzor. <laughs> uh-huh. Like I can't wait until this happens. Let's talk about how it goes down. Because uh, exactly. I don't know if I was fulfilled in this. Well. Okay. So where are we at? Chapter 13. 13. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So and we get we, we go on 13 here. And we, we kind of jump into Raceland's head for a while here. Where we're thinking with Raceland about. It's like, yeah. If I take these frauds down, then maybe maybe the, maybe the old mages will respect me more, and it'll give me it'll give me a name, and I can yeah. do this. And I'm really not supposed to do this type of spell yet, but I can I can do this. And then like Parsalian and the dude, maybe they'll let me take my test early. Yeah, right. And it's not it's not that he wants to take him down for the fact that these are horrible human beings yeah. that need to be taken down. It's all right. I'm gonna do this, and this this is what's gonna make me famous. I really like this because he's going to do the right thing, but for the wrong reasons. And so, a lot but he, of he does also need to justify using the spell. Yeah. Well, he is thinking about the repercussions of when he does it. He's yeah. going to get in trouble. So, what, but what I mean, is, you know, it's it's Raceland, so that's probably not. He worse. doesn't really care. That, well, that, that's me trying to humanize him. And so, in explaining all this to everybody else, everybody else is like, "Yeah, we're in, dude. How, how are we going to do this?" Tasselhoff wanders back from jail because that's where he's been like three <laughs> times. <laughs> oh, hey guys! Hey guys! Can you imagine? Can you imagine being a cop during this festival and all the frickin' kinder running around? No, I can't. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Water Carnival with drugs. Doxed again. <laughs> but the whole band's together. They're all going to go take down this cult. Uh, again, no, Raceland's mean... going to have a plan. We're not going to know what that plan is. We know that Tasselhoff is part of it. Uh, I'm kind of excited to see. So how is, how is all this going to go down? So we go into Chapter 14. Um, Raisin goes to Lemuel's to read through the books to get that spell. Um, I like all of his inner dialogue here about whether Judith is uh, a renegade mage or not. Yeah, because he recognized some of the things that she did during her ceremony as, as possible spell components or spell right. movements. The somatic, I think it is. Yeah, like the, like that it's all uh, tied it's, into the dark magic of New Atari. It's what Penn and Teller have a whole show about this, <laughs> where they just sit and have other magicians come up and like yeah. do their tricks. And yeah. that are, it's like, like called fool us or something yep. where they come up and do their tricks and they're like oh yeah I know that that is the sleight of hand from da 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 mm. and see and that's exactly what he's doing is he's watching him and he, yeah. he's seen her and he's like wait a minute I know that I know that mm-hmm. I've done that wait has he done this spell before no okay no but no he, this spell is supposed to be above his yeah station but but I like how he just ignores that he's like that's just a rule Mm. <laughs> like they say it's above my station, but I'm smarter than them anyway, so I'm gonna do it. <laughs> and he is smart about this. He does put it down to a scroll for himself because the scrolls are easier than like if he just adds it to his spellbook, right? Well, and the, he's not gonna sneak his spellbook in there, yeah. But right. he, yeah, so but he puts it on the scroll because at least he takes a little caution here. Is he's like, okay, stuff's gonna be going, blood's gonna be pumping. I don't know if I'm gonna do everything correctly. Let's write it down. 
Right. In my blood. And here again, uh, towards the end of the chapter, Margaret helps me out with uh, one of the problems that I've always had is like, so why do other magicians allow black magicians to exist, right? If they're practicing evil. And Raceland kind of explains it at the bottom of page 233, if you got the hardcover. It says, uh, <laughs> we mages recognize that there must be balance in the world. Darkness follows the day. Both are necessary for our continued existence. Thus, the conclave respects both the dark and the light. They ask that in turn, all wizards respect the conclave's law, which have been laid down over the centuries in order to protect magic and those who practice it. The loyalty of any wizard must be to the magic first, all other causes second. Which kind of probably yeah. is what guides his decision here morally when he's taking down Belzor's camp is that it's my allegiance to magic. Yeah, and they're trying to destroy it. Yeah, yeah. right. First, and not to what they're doing. But to it, it's 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 my allegiance to magic, and this is going to go over good with the magic gods. Yes, uh, this uh, is going to go over good. It with is the selfish because I made that deal with those magic gods, and I've really done anything since then. So, ooh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you said, Bobby, copies this is in its own blood. It gets yeah. to the end, dots that last period, and it lights up. Right. You had some questions here, Bob. I did have a question, but I think we may have discussed this in the last episode, but we'll bring it up again. Uh, what I'm getting the impression is a person who doesn't play D&D here, do they do, and I think we answered this in the last one, but I again, um, when they do all this work and the spell lights up, now this is a spell that they have, right? It's not a one-time use thing. They don't have to go back and do this again and again. The scroll is one-time yeah, use. The scroll is one-time yeah. use. He does have the spell, but it's so easy he to So you would have to scroll. write this again. Yes. So if you wanted, like, ten of these spells, you would have to write ten scrolls, yep. have them all well, on you. if you wanted to do it with a scroll. Yeah. Okay. He's worried about his ability to do it when, like, the cards are on the table. Yeah. Because he is a magic user. So when you do it in a scroll, all you have to do is read it. Okay. Otherwise, if you're casting it, there's the... Uh, the hand the, gestures. The somatic well. components, the yeah. verbal components, the material components. But right. that's all been put into the scroll. And, okay. heaven, and heaven forbid you say uh in the middle of so the sentence. So this, yeah. this, is, this is the F5 button. <laughs> like you hit a shortcut button on the computer keyboard okay. yeah. so you can get it real quick? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yes. All right. Now that helps me out. Good. Chapter 15. Rayson goes back to find the others in a bit of disarray. Tass is, is tied up because he stole a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. He just wanted to come with me. Hey, he wanted a friend. He wanted a friend. He, he, just, he came with me of his own free free. Free will. Yeah. Kit and Tannis are fighting, uh, which they are now going to do a lot. There's a lot of this. They're intensely hot lovers, and then they're quarreling because Kit is being duplicitous and starting to leave, and she's working with other people, and it's it's wearing on their relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? And Boy Scout Tannis is just like, well, why don't you tell me where you go? <laughs> well, no. We can't do that. I'm not coming up... Because she wants him to come up north with them, too. We're already talking yeah. about this now. And he's like, yeah. no. And, no, I, and no, I, li I like that whole thing about, like, she wants him to come north with her. Because that, that was kind of raised in the original trilogy. Right. Of, like, I, I told you to come with me. Yeah. You didn't. Yeah. Which, that didn't make sense to yes. me. Yes. And now, now, all of a sudden, this is filling in the gap. So, I really like that. Um, we could have had a threesome with the evil queen. <laughs> and the ghost guy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Was that Lord something? Soth. Soth. Lord Soth. Yeah. Oh, man. One of the greatest characters. Yep. So we end up going to church, and all of a sudden, Kit disappears as they're going into church. She's gone. Right she, yeah, church. she's doing she something. She disappears, and then all of a sudden, she comes out later. She comes out with the priest for the special people to talk. Oh, yeah. She convinced somebody. She she went... Uh, she, well, she was very... 
That's, she was Kit. It's Kit, man. Yeah. yeah. She can talk her way into anything. Yeah. So I had an issue here, but maybe I missed Ooh. something. She wouldn't have to talk her help, way into yeah. help, help me through my issue here, because this is where I thought the writing got muddy. Like, there was a plan. <laughs> me and my plans. Tannis and plans. Tannis and freaking plans. No, this is Raceland's plan. This is a Raceland plan now. Uh, he learned from Tannis. But again, the plan is being executed, but all of a sudden we have this weird... They're all together. Up until this time, they've been sharing absolutely freaking everything with each other. And all of a sudden, it seems like nobody's talking to each other. There's very obviously Kit is well, doing something. Raceland doesn't ask Kit what she just did. He's got this massive plan going, the, unfolding. I'm going to I'm gonna actually say that this is okay because both Kit and, and Raceland are very private people. Now, if it was anybody True. else's plan, they would have been talking to everybody else. But because it's those two planning... Yeah. They're in their own world. They don't care what the other person's doing. They are just doing their well, thing. Well, and Racelet isn't telling anybody what's going to go on here yeah. because he doesn't want anybody expecting it and screw up the spell. Yeah. Or is that why that, it or is? Or screw up their I was gonna. I was going to ask this plan when can it goes imagine, down. Can you imagine how much Taz would be bouncing around if he knew he was about to become huge? Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to yeah. go with what you're saying because I, I am building up for some sort of epic showdown. Like magic. And this to me is like... The earliest pullout of a plan I've ever seen, where like the whole plan is just for he's going to kind of call him out and then uh, make a giant Tasselhoff appear. Yeah. Yes. This is dumb. This is not just the wait, most. Let's get there. Let's get it. Okay. Let's get to it. Okay. Let's get there. So Kit gets Kit gets up there on stage. She's ready to go because she's going to like <laughs> talk to their mother or whatever. Yeah. Um, we get in here, uh... Chapter 16, we're merging into chapter yep, 16. merging into chapter 16. Race tells Taz and Sturm to go stand in the back, and on his cue, yeah. start walking forward. Um, well, there is a weird drop I want to talk about here. In chapter 16, at the beginning, he says, as a final prep for the plan, Raceland tells Taz not to make his move till he hears the word, behold, and Taz says he's seen a beholder once. There are not beholders on Crin, as far as I know. This well, is like a funny drop, right? This is well, just a ha-ha to fans. There might not be beholders on Crin, but the beholder was introduced in the first Dungeons & Dragons supplement, Greyhawk, in 1975. Ah, I know Greyhawk. That's a whole... There's books to Greyhawk. So, Someday we could read the first Greyhawk book written by Gary Gygax himself. You know, I hear, I hear, there's, I hear there's really cool things if you can find a, an eye. The eye of the beholder. Yes, because beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Well, magic isn't. Magic, <laughs> magic isn't, that's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, kind of a funny yeah, drop. I, again, I, I don't know if there's anybody that actually cares about that kind of stuff, but I think it was cool. I, I but you are right. Like, we, we've never heard of beholders on Crin up until this point, even going through two trilogies. I don't, yeah. I, and I don't think they're supposed to be on Crin. But they do but exist in D&D prior to this book. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so. oh, for sure. No, for sure they do. But I'm just saying, uh, she's she's doing a funny, like, ha-ha. But you know yeah, what? You know what? In there. Yeah, I don't mind it. You probably wouldn't on the surface. Yeah. They, they probably wouldn't. Like, they're, they're, beholders are, like, they're... Solitary and they keep to themselves. They have their so own maybe they are in Crane and nobody has a tendency to kill everything okay. that they see. Yeah. The fact that Tass saw one and survived is a marvel. Well, it's Tass. Yep. Yeah. True. So we can say legendarily there is a beholder. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> our service gets going here. Hummus. <laughs> There's shadow snakes and everything yep. being created. Race and starts sweating. <laughs> 
He's this to me in some ways, boy. this is in some ways alluding to the between the showdown between Moses and the, the Egyptian uh, magic users, right? When they throw down staves, right? That's all involves serpents and oh. kind of a combating of of wills. Um, only this is with a kinder. <laughs> What if Moses would have created a kinder? Let my people go. Giant kinder appears to Pharaoh. <laughs> That's actually the next plague. <laughs> Let um, my people go. A plague of go. kinders descends upon Egypt. Yes. That is, why there's nothing in, that is why there's nothing in the Great Pyramid of Cheops. Is because go. it was raided kinders, by kinders. kinders. <laughs> Those kinders, they'll take him. So he chants the spell. Taz becomes a giant kinder named the Kinder of Balafor. And chaos erupts. This is the dumbest stuff ever. I hate all of this. <laughs> I, love I have read three quarters <laughs> of this book waiting for... I've read through sultry sex scenes. I've read through childhood scenes at school. Throwing snowballs. Laughing. Coming of age. Sitting in corners. And then all of a sudden, I get to the very first climax. And it Raceland has cut himself and bled and made scrolls. He's going to have an epic showdown with the priest of Balafor. And he creates a giant kinder. I hated all... I hated this part. So, Judith runs away. Why is nobody addressing Caramon, this? Did I you know, hate this? What, what did people think this? I, 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 I audibly laughed at this. Yeah, I, I, I laughed was, at yeah. this. It wasn't something I hated. It wasn't something that... I mean, I was waiting for the he has, magic fight. Yeah, this wasn't as much I of a magic it, fight. I thought he was going to make some sort of cool speech. He has yeah. war mage books, yeah. and he went for a large person. Yeah. Like, I don't know why. Man, you got Fireball, you got Disintegrate. But I, I wanted there to be like that bloodlusty kind of like, he's going to take Chain down Chain Lightning. And yeah, yeah, do something awesome and, and, and stick it to these guys like, you have no power, I'm going to put you in your but place. But we have to think of his motivation. It becomes comedic, and his I didn't like it. His motivation technically wasn't to kill them, it was to discredit and to demolish the Church of Balzar, not to kill them. He, uh, I suppose. So he's so being he, good. He's hedging it because he's good. Yeah, he's doing... He's still wearing those red robes. Well, not fully yet, but he's he is sitting there saying, I don't want to kill them. I want them completely discredited, and the crowd might kill them, but I won't. So well, it, it's something like where he's not going to cast Fireball and massacre them. It, he's just going to say, look, you're an idiot. I'm smarter than you. People... Have your fun. I do kind of actually like that because uh, the coital rhythm made me think oh, something God, else was going to come. And, yeah. yeah. So it's it's one of those where it's not he's not he's not the murderer. Right. We find out who the murderer is later. Yeah. I Ooh. we we definitely do. Yes. Yeah. Would he have murdered her? I don't know. What do you guys, do? You guys think that he would have murdered? Uh, I think he was going for Judith because I think he's so tied to his mother. Yeah. And we see if there okay. is one person that he does no, feel I... extreme love for, it is his mother. Oh. And I feel he was going to go after Judith. He was going to kill Judith. Okay. I I I didn't, I didn't know. No, yeah. He I I I know. I know today when because I, I finished reading this book a long time ago. Right. And before we recorded today, I went through and scanned through it again. That was something I saw today. Yeah. Was like, Raceland's intent was to kill her, but Kitty Ara got to her okay. first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For sure. Right. That's in the book, for sure. Which, again, is this playing into something about Raceland? What is happening to him at these stages of life? He he wants a woman, but Caramon gets there first. He wants to fulfill the arc of the wrong done to his family by is this Judith, a, this, this might be like, and Kit gets there first. This might be a very good question for both of you guys. Is this yeah. just like a younger sibling thing? 
Are yeah, you, uh, because yeah, the could, older could, siblings yeah. are getting there yeah, first. Yeah. All is of that the older siblings I, I, am, yeah. I am the eldest, so I don't know. So you've always gotten there first. Yeah. Yeah. I also yeah. got a no. lot more I also got in a lot more trouble than my younger siblings. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I got away I, with more stuff. I do think there's some of the youngest playing into this because uh, Raceland is definitely a lot of times it's a stereotype mm-hmm. of youngest. I'm speaking as the youngest myself as being, I am more in a lot of ways sometimes more emotional than yep. my uh, my older siblings and things like that. So, and he definitely is more emotional. Can't handle things. He's he's not he mm-hmm. he's not the front of the ship that's cut his way through life. He's he's been. Brought. Brought behind. He's been brought coddled. With. Yeah, he's, caught. He's he, been coddled by mommy. He's a lot. had the way parted slightly for mm. him by for his him. older siblings. So adversity he does not handle very yeah. well. He does not handle very well. And he's temperamental and moody. Um yeah, I would say this is definitely kind of a youngest. Yeah. 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 Alright. Now can we get in to Kit just being brutal kit. <laughs> Let's do it. So this was Kitty R's plan the whole time, right? Yeah. She she ends yeah. up killing or she stabs. Uh, she slits her throat. Slits yeah, her she's, throat. She's yeah. brutal. She, yeah. she almost takes her head off. It's it's just not a pretty... Right. Which this is, I think, the turning point for Kit. Up until this time, we've been playing with her as a character, as somebody who is more um, in love with Tannis or flirting with him, you know, and is she is flirting with the dark side. Yeah. Now she is like we, graduate. Actually, you know, where we, both siblings are graduating in yeah. some ways, she's graduating to the dark side. We and do know that she's done dark things. Though. Yeah, I she's don't really feel it's mercenaries. She's done that mm. stuff before. Well, maybe it's being revealed to yeah, us. For the first that's time. what I was gonna yeah. say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. Raceland and Caramel get in there. They find Judith dead. Raceland does the biggest bonehead move you could possibly do. And, hey, there's a dagger on the floor that kind of looks like... And, and he picks it up. Never pick up the murder weapon. Well, I, okay, wait, wait, wait. Now, this is like Kryn in... Medieval times. Mm. There's no forensics going. It doesn't, on. It doesn't matter. matter when. It doesn't matter when the sheriff walks in and you're holding the that's murder true. weapon. Yeah, if you got a bloody there's, knife that's and someone's bleeding out right there, guess who's the one that? Yeah, yeah there's no forensics. There's no yeah. forensics involved. In what that. I think is weird is that she tries to kind of Margaret tries to hide like who this m- might be. Like it's very obvious that it's Kit. Mm. Oh, yeah. you know, I, I don't yeah. think this is ever something that's that's hidden uh, from anybody. But. Um, yeah, the captain of the guard walks in. It looks like Raceland is the murderer. I'm thinking we're going to lead up to a gigantic problem with legality and Raceland going to jail or some sort of trial, which I was dreading. I was going to say, if they did a court scene, <laughs> I, I would have been, I would, I would have been I done. I was dreading all that. Yeah. Thank God that is not the case. Yeah, yeah so they take, Ra- they take Raceland to jail. Caramon goes running back. Kids, ugh. Hey, little brother, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're going to execute Raceland in Chapter 17. Caramon finds Kit in the tent. She is obviously faking sleeping since Caramon has to shake her awake. <laughs> she does that a whole, like, what? Where am I? Ooh. <laughs> Even though it doesn't... It- isn't there a time earlier in the book where they woke her up and she nearly killed them? Yes. yes. That, and <laughs> yes. that is why... So I, that's the whole point. I, I know. Yeah, that's why you I key know. into There's, this. Um, so good on Margaret for... She does a lot of dropping of things early in the book that yep. she does... A lot of Chekhov gun, Chekhov's guns come off the wall here in this second, mm-hmm. third act. I like it. Um, 
But Kit puts forward the idea of letting them hand Raceland over, so because he's too just dangerous. Let, let, you know what? Just let him have them. It's not a big deal. Super, Kit. super ice cold Yo, here. Kit is awful here, just to get out of it. Yeah. And Caraman's like, you can't honestly be serious. No, no, I wasn't serious. <laughs> All yeah, right, let's go. I'm get joking. Him. Yeah, yeah, let's 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 go. Save we get the painting of a very dysfunctional family here. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Gee, you think? <laughs> Yeah, right. Mom, and crazy, so, dead, dad's dead, kitsch, ice queen. And so <laughs> yeah. in classic form here, I mean, and this is a this is a classic, it's it's a stereotype trope. Right. We get the idea of, well, we have the lynch mob. Right. Oh, yeah. right, right the right. lynch mob breaks into the prison and drags Raceland away and is going to burn him in the shirt. Burn the witch. And, they, and the, burn the cops are all like, well, we're not going to fight the whole town. Take him. Yeah, they kind of <laughs> yeah. they kind of put up a little bit of a resistance. They're like, yeah, no, just so they can say really in the wanna... they, just so they can say in the report that they put up a resistance. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, we have Lemuel who shows up and gives him uh, Raceland his father's dagger, which is named Mage's Last Resort. And all of a, so and we get a name for the dagger that Raceland carries. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And just about as Raceland's about to be burned, all of a sudden Taz pops up and cuts him free, and they yeah. all they all run away. Right. Exactly. And and that's where we get to Lemuel mm. with the dagger and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I. I, I I find this interesting because even though he was grabbed and about to be burned, I don't really feel like we have any follow-up from the cops after he gets away from the lynch mob. No, there no. is. There's well, there's a follow-up, and I, I outlined it in my notes. So I think this is weird. They're all getting ready to leave, and the sheriff shows up and kind of apologizes. Hey, for yeah, him. I'm sorry. I must let the town burn you alive. This is all. This all feels like a episode of Andy Griffith to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, all wraps like, up in the like, end. Like, like, well, we had those evil people of Belzor here, and you guys kind of helped us fight them off, and well, we kind of. Took a wreck until you thought you were the bad guy there for a while, but guess we were wrong. So sorry about that. I, you folks all have a good day. I do like though about how sorry we tried to burn you. <laughs> sorry we tried to let him burn you alive. Have a good one. I didn't like this. I felt hope this, to see you at the fair next year. Yeah. I felt that this was like almost you're closing down. We are very close now to the end of the book. We are closing down this climax, and it all just feels too tidy. I almost feel like there's two climaxes working here. This one with the Belzor thing, and then what everybody knows we're getting yeah. to, which is the test. And this feels stilted to me. And I, did, I, didn't, I didn't like this as well. I did like how Margaret threw in a little bit about how crazy mob mentality can be. Yes. Where it's they're flipping back and forth. One second they want to burn him, the next they're saying he's a hero, the next... <laughs> they and make there's... There's also that nice little reference to the next cult that comes in to fill to fill the void. Yeah, the, uh, which I'm I'm glad they reference this cult because I thought uh, in Chronicles super underserved. Yes, this cult that it, it was really only there to get them out of the end of the last home and really plays no part ever again. Yeah, in so it's just another little. It flushes them out a little yep. bit, makes them seem more real. Yep. Um, but we're into the uh, book five. There's a summons. Yes. The aspiring Magus Raceland Majer is hereby summoned to the Tower of High Sorcery at Weyrith to appear before the Conclave of Wizards on the seventh day of the seventh month at the seventh minute of the seventh hour. At this time, in this place, you will be tested by your superiors for inclusion into the ranks of those gifted by the three gods, Solinari. Lunatari and Nuitari. <laughs> okay, this is what we've all been waiting for. Which, the more I hear 
Solitari, Nuatari, and what's the other one? Lunatari. Lunatari. These all sounds like these all sound like Toyota sedans to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. What about what about the god Atari, the one that led into? I just got a new car. Are you driving that Toyota Lunatari? <laughs> We're making that commercial. It's gotta happen. Oh my you know god. what? It's it's got a much it's got a much different engine. It's kind of the same engine, but it's a much different engine than nothing the, than the Honda New Atari. <laughs> nothing's nothing's roomier and has more horsepower than the Toyota Lunatari. They're just all next to each other in a post. Highest white, safety white, rating white, red, and black. <laughs> the Solinari, the New Atari, and the Lunatari. The New which, which one's the dark dude? New Atari. New the Atari. New Atari is ju- it's just a black SUV. Yeah. <laughs> the new Atari with two turbochargers. <laughs> Still with Crin's highest safety rating. <laughs> Three awards from the Conclave of Wizards. <laughs> God. Oh, that's that's Doesn't gonna happen. Need a battery, it runs off the power of the black moon, which you cannot see unless you were driving this vehicle. <laughs> Remind me to make an ad of that, because that's, that's gold. They all have moon roofs. <laughs> um, Lunatari's pulling a trailer. Chapter so one. We've only got two books left. We're in chapter one, and only, we find out... Only pl- two books. Only two books, but they're short, okay? They are. They are. Only, we're only 70 pages from the end, so Plague comes to Solace. Raceland helps to treat people alongside with weird Megan. Bring um, out your dad. <laughs> bring out. I'm not, I'm not dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Um, um, this is... Uh, I'm okay with this, I guess. Um, Again, we're more character building on Raceland here. On yeah. How Raceland's helping people and he's treating people and he's healing people, but he's doing it because he likes the power. People like me and people need me when I heal them. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Again... Yeah. Yeah, this power thing is overriding the actual morality of what he's doing. Sturm's mother dies of the plague, um, and she kind of says how she saw a man, a shabby gray magic user with a pointed hat, and we all know that it's Gandalf. And she doesn't. Fisbin, she it's doesn't Gandalf. She doesn't. <laughs> Fisbin. Yeah, she doesn't drop that it's Paladine Fisbin, no, but it, no. it is. We all know, and that's again reading this book second helps you out with that. Right, right, right. And this is a little just. This is this is this is the Stan Lee cameo. Of it this is. Book. Well, yeah. it is. Yeah, and I'm glad that they were able to include Sturm a little bit here. Uh, yeah. You know, kind of nice to get. And him this in. gives us another reason why he comes back. In full with his full armor and a little bit more of his personality in the earlier books, I guess I would say. Well, yeah, it talks. It about, explains it. Ta- it yeah, and he, it talks he, about the only reason he's still here is because his mother yep. was alive. Mm-hmm. So this yep. now gives him the opportunity to leave. For yeah. sure, for sure. Chapter two, we get to it's spring. Everybody catches wanderlust. So uh, bye, 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 bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now this is where you want to leave. Yeah, exactly. So they travel. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my notes are all, instead of Sturm, it should be, uh, turn it, Sturm. Sturm travels north to Salamnia to find his father. Raisin and Caramon decide to tag along. Theobald shows up. He bears a scroll. Raisin has been summoned to take the test. So here we go. And so now finally, they, now, now Sturm going with Kit. St- yeah, yes. Sturm and Kit okay. are going. Yeah. Um, Tannis is staying. Mm-hmm. Kit, well, Tannis, Tannis and Flint are going to go. Uh, Tannis is going to go off. Flint is going home. Right. Um, uh, Raceland, oh no, that's the end. Sorry, this is this is the time. Yeah, that. Yeah. When Raceland gets this news, he skips around. 
Like literally physically skips around, which is uh, yeah, which is very out of character for the race yeah. and that we've come to know. So, I, and I think that that speaks to that he's like holding something back. Mm. What well, it still it speaks to his age too, his real age. Yeah, and it's up and I mean even up until this moment, he's just been holding back like the human side of him. Right. Uh, oh yeah. And he's just been putting on this facade that he's this right. grumpy. Um, Anti-social dude, right? But it's just that he he was bullied when he was younger, and he doesn't want to like expose that weak side of it. Well, and he's weirded out here too because in the summons it says bring your brother, which yeah never happens. You're not allowed. You're allowed to bring like a uh, a guide or a bodyguard to the edge of the forest, but you're not yeah. allowed to bring anybody in. And it specifically says in his note that Caramon needs to come with him mm-hmm. all the way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is that is really weird. Um, and it pisses Raceland off a little mm-hmm. bit. Again, because magic is the only thing he has that separates him out from everybody else. It's Correct. that young. It's that little. It's the younger brother trying to separate from the older yeah. siblings. I mean, I don't yeah. know if you had that when you well, were yeah, young. Of course, we talked about that in the last course, episode. Yeah. You, yeah. you always yeah. have to separate. This is my a thing. Bit. Damn yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was good because like my brother and I are very different in our likes and interests. He's very much the hunter fisherman. I was the one who's like playing guitar and all that kind of stuff. So it was very easy to be separate in our things, mm-hmm. right? So I could I could see where like all of a sudden my brother picks up guitar. I'm like, wait, that's my thing, and then he yeah. excels at it. Hey, yeah. hey, hey you know <laughs> get your own thing. Yeah, you get know your own thing. You've got an audition with Steel Dragon. <laughs> Bring your brother. <laughs> Steel Dragon. <laughs> Welcome, Steel Dragon. Do you know Steel Dragon? <laughs> what? Is no, thing? is that a real thing? Steel Dragon is the band from uh, Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, I have not seen Rockstar. Oh, you would yeah. actually dig Rockstar. I, I'll have to check it out. Steel Dragon. It's, okay. not, it's not any great piece of cinematic art. <laughs> but it's fun. But it's fun. Okay, I'm going to check it out. Steel Dragon. <laughs> okay, chapter four. Uh, there's lots of nice little things in here. Kit and Tannis are fighting again. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I do, I like the the relationship building between yeah. Kit and Tannis. It's helping me like Tannis a bit more. Or I, I like Tannis in the uh, hand. See, Tannis comes off as whiny. This is, begins Tannis whiny, whiny Tannis. I, I agree. This, this conversation that Raceland, again, Peeping Tom eavesdropping. Yeah. Um, here's Flint and Tannis. Tannis is like, well, but I asked her to be with me. And she, I wanted a better relationship with her and more of a relationship. And she just wants to have fun. And I just, but I really love her and I want a better relationship with her. <laughs> that, that's true. I like Tannis. I've had that conversation with numerous friends so Actually, many times. Now, I'm agreeing with you, Club. Yeah, I agree. Margaret's better at writing Tannis, but it's also because of the situation we're in. We're talking about. Okay, he's not young Tannis, but he is being written into kind of stupid Dawson's Creek scenarios. And so whiny, crying Tannis works okay when he's losing awesome Kit. I think I'm going to grow a beard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And a man Screw her. I'm going to grow a beard and a man I'm going to cover up my elf ears. I'm going to cover them up. Um, Yeah, he's working for me here because he's in a juvenile position. Mm-hmm. Or, or a younger position. Even though he's over 100 years old. But Yeah. We got to always forget that fact because yep. it will make you hate everything. Or at least me. <laughs> I, I can't. But that he, makes him like tennis in a leadership role. But in half elf. Irritated to know it. Yeah. In, half el- in half elf years, that makes him like 17. <laughs> 
So he's <laughs> like a reverse dog. Yeah, you like subtract. You, you subtract years from him. Oh my god. Well, Tannis is 105, but he's really like in human years. He's like 10. Yeah. So he whines to Flint. Racing kind of laughs him in a little bit for falling for Kitty Ara. He's like, you dumb. <laughs> How did you not see this coming? Um, Flynn says he wants to go seek out the old gods to see if Reorks. I want to, yeah, this is real. Where he's like, I want to. Maybe Reorks came back. I didn't. I, I don't know. In a while. Raceland brought it up like two years ago. I think I should finally check it out. Well, right. My back's feeling a little better. <laughs> yep. This is. I can finally get on my hog because my rheumatoid arthritis isn't acting up right now. <laughs> so I believe that almost all of this book. Is only good when you're fans like us who have seen have read the other yeah. other two trilogies. Mm. God help the guy who uh, read this first. Oof, this like book five is gonna be your because it doesn't piece. it doesn't matter to you. None of this matters. Yeah. It's, this it is doesn't all, mean anything. This is all it. fun for us who know these do? characters. They're gonna go. They're good. now okay. So we got everybody together, and now they're gonna go their separate ways. What's going on here? Yeah. Why and does then, he care about reorgs? Yeah. Like all of this is drops for the fans. This if this is your first book. Yeah. The end of book five here. <laughs> Chat, book five, chapter five, scroll thirteen. Um, <laughs> it is, it is kind of this cute little scene at the end of the last home where, I, where we're doing the shaking hands, and it's, it's yeah. the, you know, it's the. Uh, I'm gonna miss you so much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. It, we'll get together in five years and see what we all figured out. Well, I mean, but they do. They do. Yeah. That's the, the whole bit the, in the beginning of Autumn Twilight. This to me mm. is actually a really awesome chapter yeah. because it sets up where. Like, you go from here immediately to Autumn Twilight, yep. and this is really cool. Uh, this is complete fan service, but this is the kind I like. I really I like I think this, this is needed, though. It's totally needed. Because, like, they talk about, like, oh, we're, we said we'd be back up in five years. We said we'd be back up in five years. Like, well, when did you say it? Like, right. What? why did you say it? Yeah, right. So now this we is know. good. This is good. But right. see, I'm also at the point here where I like this scene. I like a lot of the scenes that are in here. But I'm I'm not getting the whole yeah. the whole beginning of autumn of autumn night autumn twilight autumn twilight uh, the whole beginning of autumn Fan Ridge yeah I know Reed. <laughs> I'm not getting the whole beginning of autumn twilight of these were great friends yeah they, they were a dysfunctional group yeah. of friends they were they they they, they were. Mm, Decent friends, but you know we've never we haven't gone through anything here to have yeah. that really like cohesive. You know, we beat all the dragons. We yeah, you know, we're we, having a we little... all barely survived this, and that knit our friendship together forever. Yada yada yada. Yeah, we're having a little bit of the Obi Wan Anakin problem from the prequels, yep. where you're like, hey, uh, we, we were brothers. To... We were, were brothers. You? When were you ever brothers? <laughs> all you did was chat each other. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, so, be careful. You might get Hayden Christensen to make a facial expression. <laughs> Whoa. Um, so, book six. We're on to finally, I guess, the centerpiece of this book, what probably all fans have been reading it for, which is the test, right? So, book one, chapter one, Antimides and Parsalian have a talk about the state of Kryn. Two old guys in a room drinking wine, talking politics. Yeah. Woo-hoo. I hear, uh... I hear the dragons are coming down from the north. Uh, we should probably build a wall. Uh, I've heard about those. Uh, there's a guy named Ariakis, which we know. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know what? We haven't heard from Lorak in a while. <laughs> I, feel like that, that was, I feel like that was brought up earlier in the book. Mm-hmm. 
I don't remember if I don't think Lor- was Lorac. I don't think the, so. The, uh, it's they like, were talking I, about I, I all think, nasty. I think, I think like book one, chapter one. Really, and Timothy's is like talking about like all, everything that's going on in Kryn, like. What's yeah, the, uh, that sounds familiar. Is it the Solarsty? Lorak is the elf, elf dude, right? Yeah, King King Alpha. Yeah, who's all went King. by the green dragon. He's yeah, all, yeah, okay. Because that, that yeah. yeah, that's some good stuff. I like all this. So I like this little dro- again fan service drop, mm-hmm. but I like all of this, right? Well, we got to, and you know we we called this Raceland dude in with his brother, and uh, we've been watching him over the last couple years, and. You know, uh, do you think he should take the test? Well, he's kind of young to take the test, but I think he should take the test. Yeah. Well, are you sure he should take the test? Because he's kind of mm. young. Well, you know he's young, but mm-hmm. you should take no. the test. Far too old to take the test. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is he right. going to be... And, and we do get this weird little Star Wars drop almost in here about... Yeah. he is. is is he going to be the one to bring balance to magic? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Yeah. And oh. then... No, too old! Too old! To be and then we get the drop of... But there is another. <laughs> <laughs> is it Kit? Is there's Kit this, the other? No, there's this promising young elf named Delamar. Yeah, which is funny. Oh yeah, ha ha moment. Ha 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 moment. I yeah, like he's him. not. I don't think he's gonna work out, guys. <laughs> but oh. chapter two uh, again. That whole chapter though is a fan service drop. Yes. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. Again, what a good one. A good one. I am solidly though falling in on that you can't read Soul Forge without having no. read Chronicles because none of this will have any weight to you. You'll be yeah. like, there's guys talking about. I mean, stuff. I, I guess you know, like them talking about like, oh, but there is Dalimar, and and then hopefully Dalimar will stick in your brain for the next six books. <laughs> I, maybe, maybe. I remember this maybe. Delamar. Uh, uh, he shows up in second gen. Uh, wow, really? I can't wait to get... I gotta start reading. Seven books. I've been reading Eight. tales. <laughs> All right, so we get yeah, we, we've, been, we've been reading weird poems. I wanna, Deeper uh, Delves coming to you soon. <laughs> I, I yes. wanna, I'll, actually, I will bring that up right now. You want to know, know one of the things I really, really like about this book? Yeah. What? No God songs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. He's going to be so hurt. Um, There's no weird songs trying to tell me Michael a story. Williams. For se- Michael Williams. Se- trying to tell me a story for seven pages that you just discussed in a we, paragraph okay, before. Okay, okay. Pull, let, let's pull back the, the curtain for a second here. We almost recorded a Deeper Delves last week on an, just a poem. Yep. Yeah. Just a poem yeah, written and, by this guy. Ended, Wait, almost. We will. We will. We are recording. Oh, no, no. I, I, I talked to... Well, Bob and I were talking earlier this week. We're gonna about, double out. I'm like, okay, what if what if we did record? What the hell would we even talk about? So we're gonna we're gonna do it. Stay tuned, ladies. And Deeper gentlemen. delves coming on uh, Dragonlance uh, Tales. Tales. <laughs> I want to say, oof. Going back to chapter two here. <laughs> Wayworth Forest would be a hell of a band name. Yeah. Actually, yeah, <laughs> that's a metal. Yeah, that is yeah. a metal band name right there. What's up? We're Wayrith Forest. <laughs> Isn't it Forest of Wayrith? <laughs> it sounds better that way. Yeah. Actually, I, I, I have listened to a band called Wilderness of Tekoa. That's I think it's a biblical reference, but not sure. Maybe. Sure. Are you sure it wasn't Wilderness of Tacoma? <laughs> Definitely not Tacoma. <laughs> the, the, the Toyota Tacoma. Not a sponsor. But if they, if they want to, we'll take one. Neither is the Toyota. Lunatari, Solanari, or Nuatari. You're the weirdest sponsorship. 
Uh, this nerdy podcast brought to you by a car company. That's hey, what those. If, po- hey, if you, they want to give me a Toyota Tacoma, I'll take the one. amount of the amount of reading that the amount of prep that I do for this goes a lot with the amount of driving that I do, and so I do listen to a lot of audiobooks. And let me tell you about the sound system in the Toyota. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the Toyota new Atari. Now with a Bose sound system, also not a sponsor. <laughs> But if we were to insert advertisements, <laughs> when the, you can click on that in the podcast. They throw stupid advertisements in the beginning. Because, like, the what's, one, oh, what's the, the skeptoid? Skeptoid will start off with, like, Home Depot. Like, let's get to work. And there's, like, sounds of saws and hammers. And they're like, welcome to Skeptoid. Today <laughs> what's, what's the auto parts Freaking commercial. Auto always. parts store. Oh, uh, I don't. What the heck? It's got that stupid song. AutoZone. AutoZone. Dear AutoZone. And then this nerdy guy comes Hey, out. welcome to Skeptoid. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we went from first to fifth gear. I don't know yeah. what happened. I was ready for tool time with Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we're talking about whether or not, like, the asteroid that hit in Arizona might have been a UFO. It's crazy. Uh, um, meanwhile, back in the forest. Yeah, now, now, that we're done, now that we're done ripping on podcasts, now that we're done ripping on podcasts that are way more successful than we are. <laughs> yeah, um, it's very interesting. I like as they're going in and like Caramon's all weirded out and Rayson's like, "Shut up! Nothing's gonna hurt you. We're invited." Yes. <laughs> yeah. And this just, is uh, this is probably one of the few po- few times that Rayson can just be that bad in front of his brother. Where mm-hmm. Right. Like, I it's don't fine. need to worry about anything. Just follow me. You'll be fine. Yeah. 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 So they get in. There's all the other candidates around there. Raceland's the only one with a chaperone. <laughs> and Caramon's just how embarrassing yeah. with this. Just be. standing there clinking. Yeah. I had to bring my brother, guys. My brother's here. Is he magical? No. No, but he's here. <laughs> no, he's just big and strong. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of protects me. Hi, guys. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and Parsalian addresses everyone. Uh, there shall be at least three tests of magical knowledge. Tests where you can't use magic alone. You will have to perform all spells you know and combat a wizard higher than you. Ooh. So Raceland is taken away. Caramon is angered that he can't go with. And Caramon is allowed to watch. Hey, Car- Caramon's locked in a room. Yeah. He's here, I don't want this ale. I don't want this cookie. So your uh, thoughts, <laughs> I totally would your thoughts guys, on this, because here's what I'm thinking. Structurally, this entire book, I'm thinking there, the whole thing with the Belzor was cool. What if that was all shoved way earlier in the book that gave us a little bit more stakes? I'd have liked to see more of this stuff at the school. Like some of these other tests, uh, Raceland's interaction with other mages. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we like, talked about that in the first episode. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen more of um, Hogwarts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like almost this could have been a far bigger piece of the because everybody's here really to see this test. So what's leading up to it? You could really build some stakes here with Parsalian watching over all this and having these overarching talks of like what's going on in the wider scheme of things. And you, then you could add some tension where like having candidates actually die. Some like yes. you might actually know instead of that one kid that just wanted to. This be becomes a the perfect Raceland young adult novel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so Caramon's taken away. He gets all pissed off. I think he breaks a table. <laughs> and, 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 um, and really, it's it's building up to something like we know what we going know to what's going to happen. Yeah, and then we, the dude, we don't need to be like, you know, 
easing into it. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> yeah. dude pops into the room after Caramon's been going on. Well, I tell you what, uh, if you'll settle down, I'll let you watch the CCTV. What's that? <laughs> Closed <laughs> caption. Water bowl. Well, it's the, it's back in. Jeez, Cloud. Just Caramon sits in a chair and watches t- watches Raceland on TV, and then we yep. jump to chapter three, and it took me so long to figure out what was going on here. Yeah. Yeah, yep. which is good actually. This whole the, Liam, Micah, and Renee—I hate the, the way the way she writes this here in chapter in chapter three. I'm like, what the hell's Raceland doing in a tavern? No, I, I'm yeah, like, how did this it was happen? Jo- it was jolting. It was jolting. Yeah, yeah, there was no like smooth transition. Transition. It was just no. But boom, no, it, it, it's supposed to be that yeah. way. No, I like it. You're supposed to be. You're I supposed to be it. left guessing. Of wait, wait, what? Yep. I don't, uh, I'm going to nitpick. Here comes some nits being picked. Mm-hmm. I don't like the names of these three dark elves because they're dark elves. One's named Liam, which already I'm thinking, well, he's Irish or Scottish. <laughs> then we got Micah, who's like a. Yeah, all three of them are. It's like biblical. Irish. No, all three then, of them are Irish. And then, no, you, Renee. Oh, that's their French friend. <laughs> French. Yeah, yeah, that's their French, French friend. Two Irish There is nobody. Sorry if there's any Renees listening that are males, but Renee is not a threatening name. No. <laughs> no. A dark elf named Renee? There is nothing threatening to me about a dark elf named Renee. That's my grandma's name, so I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's I just your grandma is named Renee. Luke, 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 you she, just are expecting Renee to bring you like and cookies she, and food. She's about four foot nothing. I'm not <laughs> He's a skinny little dark elf in a black turtleneck. <laughs> but hey, those ready to smoke smoking a smoking a cigarette one a really thin cigarette. With with one of the holders. Yep. Yes. Yeah. You know. We would like you to help us break into the magician house. <laughs> no. <laughs> but those, those scrawny wizards are the one you got to be scared of. That is true. That is true. Uh, um, so they ask Grayson, right, to help break into Lemuel's house yep. because he has a spell book secretly hidden there. Mm. Uh, and we... Race, they're using Raceland's desire for knowledge and pitting that against his loyalty to friends. Yeah. And, and Raceland end up agreeing to this. Which, well, uh, really, uh, why is he breaking into Lemuel's? Why doesn't he just go over there and say, hey, Lemuel, we're kind of close. Uh, I just want to pour through your books for a while and just kind of they Lemuel's take it out, out of town. They lied, oh. to, they lied to him, too, and said, like, he hid this from you. He showed you some, but did not show all. And right. they didn't want the spell book. They just wanted the money mm-hmm. and things. So he's like, well, if I help them, then they get their money. I get my stuff. Well, I, I, I if we do this right, Lemuel will never know. Yeah, I right. think he knows he's in the test too. It's Raislin. He yes, you're right. He's got to know. Mm, I think it's set up so that he do, doesn't really. He, he figures it out later yeah. on. Maybe it's like a spell that kind of like yeah. throws him off a little bit. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's some, some, well, and it's some sort of spell, and it's some sort of a. I mean, this is a whole setup of how much of these guys, you know. Is it is this like the wizard FBI that has constantly been watching his life for the entire thing to know about Lemuel and know about the relationship kind of. and know about what's I going so. on? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I also like this little uh, drop that they have here again, world building that mages of one order can't destroy artifacts from another. So like a, a white mage can't destroy a black mage to sustain the balance. I like all that. Yeah. I, I like these little drops. They're cool. Uh, a lot of. A lot of fodder for those who are campaigning. Yes. I like mm-hmm. that. Um, so chapter four, Raceland enters the house, goes down in the cellar, and this is kind of like my intro alludes to all this stuff. Dark Elf holds a bow. Um, and Raceland notices his robes are graying and everything becomes dark. A candle is lit and it's fisty. Fisty is in the yes. cellar. Oh, and it's, uh, it, it stinks. It stinks down in the basement. This whole bit... 
about Raceland, um, they open it up and like, oh god, like something died down there. Right. And Raceland does this whole like, well, I'm not, I'm not afraid of no scent, and it's right. kind of like an insult to these other like, more is, established majors. This is yeah. where the test, or, or this part of this test. They they weren't betting on this. Like Fisty has entered. Fisty takes over the test. Test and... takes over the test. Like he has inserted himself into this test. And I'm wondering about the majors that are watching the test. I don't think here. they know. I'm like, uh, did Raceland just disappear later, off the radar for a moment? That's what I think. Later on, I feel like no. They they talk about yeah, how at the end he, of the book. he somewhat rejected the offer, but at the same time took the offer. That's like the last chapter of the book. Yeah, it's oh, the last yeah, chapter. Maybe, yeah. It's kind of how they how are. they decide that he's going to be a red robe, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. based off of how he hedged his bets with Fisty. Yeah. With Fisty, right. Yes, it's Fisty. He's looking for a young, nubile mage boy. Every There is a weird sexual rape component to yeah. Fisty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, if you keep calling him Fisty... <laughs> We're just trying to save, um, what, uh, not consonants, uh, what's the... Precious oh, syllables. syllables. Yeah. Yeah. Precious yeah. syllables. Which we've fisty just blown down. talking yeah. about how we're trying to save them. <laughs> yeah. But how many times have we said fisty and not fist and down? We get this little... Five. We get this little... <laughs> I do like the little recap here on fist and down is trying to become a god. Mm-hmm. Yep. I do. He's been trapped in the abyss. Yeah. Or, no, was he in the abyss? He was in a different plane. And Takisas has been like hunting him down for centuries. Right, and he's running yeah. out of power, and like he needs a body now. I, I yeah, because so Takisas is entering him. the world. Like yeah. things are starting to come. Which unglued. which makes sense because he just kind of takes Raceland up on his word, which right. I would not believe unless he had said like, "Look, I, I just need a body now." Yeah. Right. Right. Um, all right, so chapter five, as Raceland approaches the trap door, it opens. One of the Dark Elves throws a fireball. Fireball! And it gets, we do get this whole thing where Raceland goes down there and the Fisty tells him, these guys are going to kill you. Mm. Right. You, you don't have the power to go after them, but I can give you the power if you and let me it, in. And at, yeah, right. From, from this point on, it gets a little fuzzy, I think. I think I'm in, I'm I think in agreement with you. Okay. Yep. Yeah, because I guess the whole thing with Fist and Dantalus is, you know, it's even even at the end we don't know. We don't know. It's it's yeah. It's all, it's all fuzzy. There's you know, some. We, there's very trippy elements to a lot so of yeah, this. They shoot the fireball down into the basement, and then but he's protected. He's protected by his golden skin that he kind of creates notices. over himself, right? Well, yeah, that's what Fist and Dantalus says Fist later. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He says he says that wasn't me. That was you. You did that, and, and then I, I do like that kind of drop because Raceland is really never hit right from this point forward so we don't know yeah right. whether or not that's what the gold skin does yeah so this is kind of just like oh it's gold and like this is just kind of like a, well this is why he's gold right at which point he rolls it at which point Raceland rolls a 20 here this was super weird too like he he does a fireball but it's five fireballs that ends up being like 20 fireballs it's, he, he rolled that nat twenty. I, I just, I just couldn't. The way it was like written in the book, and like yep. usually Weiss is so good about writing I, stuff. I it, actually felt that a lot of this was predicated on knowledge that we were supposed to know from Legends and Chronicles that I wasn't but remembering. See, <laughs> see, I was taking it as the fact that he doesn't know how he's doing this. Maybe okay. I guess it, I don't. It was like he. he well, is it he, because he's getting fisty powers and he doesn't know where they're coming from? Is, in some way, is not. Fisty and think just about it. This is the arrow. He's getting fist and Dantalus' spell. It's all his power. Yes, uh, right. But it's like okay. So he, he does the, the symbol of the sun and he casts the spell. Yeah, and it arcs up through the trap door. Right. And it's five of them. Yeah. And then it's described how all of a sudden it's twenty of them. 
And I just took this like like um, like, when we, like one of the guys we play D and D with mm-hmm. has like the splitting arrows. Yes, where he shoots he shoots the one arrow and the one arrow becomes four and the one and then those become and those become and those become, and that's mm-hmm. just what I took this boat with fireballs. Okay, that's, that's just not how it's uh. it, to me. My my issue is five left his hand, went mm-hmm. upstairs, and became twenty. Mm-hmm. And like that's just not how hey, that's just not how it works. <laughs> that bothers me because I play a wizard. I don't know. But I guess this is an old. I'll, I'll maybe it's so, I don't know. Maybe somebody can say maybe this was in a source book or something, and this was a spell maybe. that's available. It's fist and dentalus like the, is a spell. It doesn't have. It, it, I mean, it was fist and dentalus probably made this has the ability to where he could have made this spell up. Yes, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude yeah. was trying to be a god and was one of the most powerful mages ever in existence. Yeah. He could pro- he he has the ability here in my head to just go, this is the spell. My ultimate fisting spell. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Raceland, how, how, long, how long were you holding on to that? I, I wasn't. Okay. I literally had been anyway, So Raceland, anyway, go, Raceland goes upstairs. He casts, the, he casts the five fireballs. Yep. They laugh at it. It turns into 20. Like, right. One of them gets like emulated. Oh, the other two are burned to a crisp. Yeah. And he goes upstairs and Fist and Dentist is like, okay, yes, it's my turn now. And he goes, no, I'm not going to let you. No, nah, it's cool. I know you're out of power. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, chapter six, Liam isn't dead. Zoinks attacks move. raced with it a dagger. Takes a lot to kill an Irishman. <laughs> I like this because this explains, again, the voice. This is where the voice comes from, is from a dagger spell. Which voice, you pathetic mortal? I'm glad that it was Liam and not Renee that stabbed him <laughs> in the throat. Like, Renee, hey, Renee. You, you get back there, you American swine. You murdered my father. <laughs> you kill my friends, I will kill you. I'm just picturing this tiny oh, little oh, oh, oh. short old lady now. Yeah. Just randomly going up and stabbing Raceland. <laughs> but the, you leave my grandma out of this. Luke's grandma, Luke's Luke, grandma Luke's stabbing Raceland in the neck. Oh no, here comes Renee. <laughs> <laughs> she's not moving as fast as she used to, but she's getting him. You're going to have watch, watch, Raceland cookie. Watch, this is going to be like, our, our, that segment of us on the news is going to come out right after this. And this is going to be all like the episode that her friends listen to. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be all about her stabbing people. <laughs> <laughs> but Renee put poison on that dagger. Uh, Liam did. Liam so there's did. there's poison on there's the dagger. There's poison on the dagger. Caraman gets stabbed. Caraman, uh, race, excuse me, Raceland gets, gets stabbed. stabbed. Yeah. Raceland's lying in the he's lying in the pool of blood. And this is our intro. Caraman comes in to pick him up. Right. Oh, I'm here. And this is I just this is gonna burn in Raceland's craw because this is Raceland failing. In, in the midst, having to be taken care of yes, yet again. In the midst of failing in his test, and Caramon is taking care of him. Yep. So, um... Caramon's tra- running down the hall. He's got Raceland in the, like... He's got... And Raceland is a dying fetus at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as, 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 you know, I'm Caramon, and I'm going to put him down. And all of a sudden, boof! Floating head of Fisty. There's <laughs> Fisty. He yeah, but don't, don't worry. Caramon has magic now. And Raceland's best. Caramon <laughs> oh, yeah. puts Raceland down. He produces a glowing rod with some fur. <laughs> I, Excuse the heck out of you. <laughs> That's what he does. Um, I mean, I, I know. It's... Spell components sometimes are awkward when narratively <laughs> talked about. He sends out some lightning from his rod. Twice. <laughs> Twice. 
goes right to the head. <laughs> at least, at least he didn't go for the eyes. This isn't this isn't for kids. Andrew. There's a That's lot of right. Freudian stuff going on with old Marge right here, because you Fisties, know, Fisties we know, head. we know from uh, Chronicles that old Marge has a big thing for Caravan. Like old yeah, Marge so. is like very sexually attracted, uh, weirdly, to her character of Caravan, and then all of a sudden he's pulling out his rod. He's got a little bit of furry shooting lightning at heads. So I don't know what's going on. The fist and dental, the head of fist and dental explodes. And Caramon turns around to pick up Raceland, and Raceland's just pissed. Well, yeah, just like, because where he the saw Caramon do it again. First of all, he watches his brother have sex with the woman he wanted, and now he's taking it to Fisty. You're not wrong. Whoa. You're not wrong. No. So there's a lot of Freud stuff going yeah. on. Come with me, and we'll go look for electric eels. Pisses. And it's just because, like we talked about before, like we talked about the f- before, this is Raceland's thing. This has always been Raceland's thing. And he's looking at Caramon. He's like, how, how did you do that? And Raceland's, and Caramon's just like, well, I always could do it. I just didn't want to rain on your parade. Oh. You son of a bitch. Yeah. Oh. And th- this test is... That, needle- that, that, and that works so well. Needling yes. Raceland right, right in the only thing that he has. He's built I'm, his I'm entire better, life around this. I'm better this. at you than everything. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and and that is exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Raceland has built his entire life, his identity around magic, and how this separates him from not only his brother but society as a whole. This is his entire thing, and now Caramon is a better goth than he is. <laughs> Wizard. <laughs> oh, sorry. Wizard goth. <laughs> It's not the same. No. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd have powers wait, right wait, now. No, wait, you, you've been painting your nails black this whole time, too? <laughs> Son of a... It's off the I, uh, my devil's lock's longer than your devil's lock. <laughs> so, Raceland... I have more dashboard confessional albums than you do. What? Look oh, at look at these look at look at the marker marks on I'm my sorry, arm. Yeah. I put red I put red more red pen marks on my arm than you did. How many, co- <laughs> how many Coheed and Cambria <laughs> concerts have you been to? I've been to more than you guys. <laughs> I actually true. banged the guy from My Chemical Romance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's bisexual. <laughs> anyway. And Good Charlotte I, are a bunch of posers. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Can we leave my childhood out of this? <laughs> God! <laughs> So Raceland kills Caramon. <laughs> yes. Raceland yeah. does, does, just doesn't kill Caramon. Oh, no. Raceland incinerates Caramon. Oh, yeah. Which is what we saw him wanting to do when he's when he saw what happened uh, with, what's the girl's name? I don't remember. Mar- uh, Miranda. Margaret. Miranda. 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 Well, Miranda. it was supposed to be Margaret. Mar- <laughs> <laughs> Freud again. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Gripping her breast. Uh, <laughs> yes, he wanted to burn the shed down with both the men. This is all of a sudden coming together on a totally different level than I thought it was going to be. Yes, it, it, that's all making all sense. Right. All of a sudden, Fisty's back. Fisty's back is like, I'm going to take you and race, like, grabs the hey, spirit. Hey, well, after, after, after the weird line of. <laughs> Fist and Dantalus caresses Raceland's breast. Yeah, yes. I don't like it. Gingerly teasing, so agonizingly. It, but the, you're bringing it up right now. That is kind of what's happening. Raceland saw this happening between Caramon and the girl, right? This caressing of breasts and this whole thing. This is now kind of happening in a whole twisted other way, right? But 
tween fisty and him. Stop touching Bob. Uh, I can't think. So yeah, uh, you're getting Bob all excited. That's, that, that's my magical power. Fist as soon as I touch your breast, you can't think. Fisty Dantalus reaches into Raceland's chest and grabs his heart. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. he's about to take him Indiana down. Indiana Jones in the Temple of Kali- Doom. Kalima. Raceland grabs his arm and says, "No." <laughs> yes. Um, you will be mine. Which again, like, kind of like I, that's not a verbatim quote. I don't actually remember exactly what he said, but th- th- it just it plays more into like who's in control at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Because we we know like at this point this establishes Raceland's like. Duality, I guess. Yeah. And see, this is why I was so upset when we were reading the original six here too, is because this shows up in the this shows up in like Chronicles in the Chronicles this first book, and then just magically disappears. Yep. Yeah, because we're like, what is it when you when you first read about it in Dragons of Autumn Twilight? You're like, I don't, what? Raisin's got a voice in his head. Yeah, yeah. what is going and on? It's cool. Here? It's just it's just a thing giving him power. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. We, we, we see the origin cool of voice that in his head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I I I do like this. Um, so, boy, have we made a lot of fun of probably the most epic scene in the entire book. Sorry. Whoops. Sorry, fans. It was, I, I honestly <laughs> it's, liked but the it's, scene, but, it's, but we just had to have a little... But I did of, love uh, it. I did love it. That's the point, is we are fans, and we enjoyed it that much. It's that an we awesome could, scene. Br- that we could bring our own stupidity in. <laughs> it's an awesome scene. So, chapter seven, Parsalian and Timides. Now we got to, like, dissect what we just saw, right? They discussed this test. Parsalian says that he asked Raceland whether he knew it was Caramon or just an illusion, and Raceland says it doesn't matter. So did Raceland know or not? Because there's part of me that says... Because well, you said at the beginning, Luke, that you think Raceland knew from the beginning this was a test. Oh, God, yeah. So Caramon sees that sees Raceland burning him. This is forever going to scar him, mm-hmm. or re- he'll remember this. But what if Raceland knew was... the entire time that this was not Caramon? I, I, I thought that initially. But also, I think that this test is so tailor-made to the individual yeah. that he like dropped his sensibilities. Right. And, well, that, that, he... that, and that was him at his core. Yeah. Right. Okay. Like he, because it, even, it said it before. He would have burned them in that shed had he had the spell. Right. right. And it doesn't matter. But what if it does? It no, doesn't. It doesn't it, matter. It, 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 doesn't matter. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether he knew or not, because, like you said, Luke, this is ju- it's pure emotion. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say though that maybe it does though, because what if this is Raceland? This is his catharsis. He knows this is not Caramon. The emotions are real. He is pissed at Caramon. Mm-hmm. He's always been angry at. So Caramon. he gets to burn the effigy. So he gets to burn Caramon's effigy. He gets to release that. That anger that well, he and, has, and also, post, and that allows him to go but on. But he also Caramon. doesn't know that Caramon's watching either. No, yeah, and Caramon's been what? Can you imagine watching this, knowing that your brother probably really doesn't know where he is or what or, or what what's happening mm-hmm. during this type mm-hmm. of test, and your brother gets pissed and just burned you alive? Yeah, right. Just because you can well, use magic. And, and, and also, save. when Parsalian's talking to him, this is Raceland post test. Right. This is Raceland plus Fist and Dantalus. Yes. That's so true. he has a different view. We are on now everything. raced slash fisty. Yeah. Like they are the same. Yeah. So so when he says it doesn't matter, it's because he has his plan already in in action. Right. Yeah, oh yeah. True. He will be a god. He will destroy this place. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, which I which I love. Um per se um Parsalian does make the comment here. Caramon, oh yeah, Caramon was allowed to watch because we're trying to break their dependence on each other, which and is smart. They which need to be which broken. holy backfired. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> they right. actually made them more dependent on each other. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because Caramon, Caramon even makes up the excuses here that, well, he wasn't in his right mind. Yeah. Um, he didn't know what he was doing. We also are it's told fine. that this is the point where Raceland has been given the eyes of Raylana. Have the, has hour, that, the hourglass eyes. So the, eyes has, the eyes of That Rayana? has never been uh, told to us before. No, I, I just assumed it was, is, it, was, it was a part of the golden skin. We knew yeah. that he get, was given it in the test from mm-hmm. Chronicles, but we didn't have a name, and now we know they're called the eyes of Raylana. I don't know what that means, because I didn't look up Raylana. Which are much better than the eyes of Rihanna, because <laughs> then all you just see is Chris Brown swinging at you all the time. Or umbrellas. Oh! Or umbrellas. <laughs> Either that or umbrellas. Yes. Yeah. Defend yourself with your umbrella, Ella, Ella, Ella. Um... <laughs> Um, yeah, so he sees everything dying. And again, super depressing. This is a horrible curse, and in all honesty, an awesome idea that they don't bring out in Chronicles enough. Yeah. Uh, where where he really sees the life and death of everything when he looks at it. That's awesome. Um, really cool idea. Um, but Raceland... Which is kind of got to be, if you think about it... You know, this is set to teach him patience and to teach him to... This is how he's yeah. to defeat Fisty. Yeah, this is yeah. to help him defeat Fisty. And, but this has got to kind of be what it's like to be an elf in this society. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Where you Definitely. just, you know, time is moving so much different for you and you just watch everybody die. Sorry. <laughs> um... Race doesn't really know that Fisty's in his head, or his body, or his wiener, or wherever. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fisty has taken him totally over. No, not really. No, but uh, he's well, in there. But he's in there. He's in there. And somewhere. we find out that that's really that's why he's got the like coughing disease. Is yeah. that's his body yeah. trying to fight Fistinantilus off? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, see now what what is giving him the raspy? Because he got stabbed in the neck. He's also got Fisty inside can, can of him. It be, can it be a combination of both? He's, he's all just got beat up. He got pretty, stabbed pretty in the bad. throat. That hurts. And then he's his just, body's starting to fight up Fist and Dantles. He's coughing a bunch, which gives him a raspy voice. So he's also. just doing bad because of all that. Stuff. Yes. Okay. All he's right. just been, ever since birth, yeah. he's been dealt a, sh- a crap hand. I would have edited that. <laughs> you don't need to because I have self-control. Well, we find out, and so Race gets his red robes, which we have a few people who are like, um, red? Why is he getting red robes? Because he fought the darkness, he didn't embrace it, but he's using the darkness, so he's kind of in the middle and he's definitely not light. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Race, Lynn! You, you don't have to put on the red robes! Okay. <laughs> Your test is over! And I guess all of this, <laughs> all of this is a plan by Parsalian. Yes. Yeah. To forge the sword to defeat Tachesis. Oh yeah. Here we go. Let's forge some swords. Well, I mean, hey, at least <laughs> stop forging. This, how about Dragon Lance? Could we forge some lances? We need no, no, you need six books to do that. <laughs> I was just gonna say they're at least forging something in a book that says Soul Forge. Yet, yet again. Dragon Lance, number of lances in this book, zero. <laughs> number of dragons, zero. <laughs> See, you'll get dragons in second gen. <laughs> Good. Spoilers. Um, chapter 8, Drayson's been given the Staff of Magius from the Tower. 
Um, we don't really know anything about this except it used to be used to fight dragons. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, and the race is like, why did you give me this? <laughs> actually, actually, though, that was Fist and Dantalus's staff. Mm-hmm. Why did they give it to him? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're orchestrating some sort of plan to take down Fist and Dantalus, I guess prepare him for Tachesis as well because of a dragon fighting staff Maybe. and, and the, the the dragons coming back to Kryn. Um they are choosing not a great candidate. Well, and we find, yeah. we find out some of the uniqueness of Raceland here, too. And I always wondered this through the first six books, too, of we never meet any other mages quite like Raceland. Correct. Raceland is a very unique character. Oh, yes. And, and I have powerful. a problem with this because I think this is a horrible idea by Parsalian. Um, usually when you're, when you become a mage of the robe, somebody from your tribe, somebody from your order is going to apprentice you and is going to teach you and Raceland, you're a little bit different. You're going to do this independent study. Yeah. (laughs) Good luck. You will not have the guidance of anybody over you. Just do it yourself. And here's a super powerful staff. We know that there's a dead evil mage that up raped and is inside of you now. Yeah. Good, Good luck. luck. Good luck. <laughs> have, have You're fun. the savior um, of Kryn. <laughs> don't kill anybody. And so uh, he and Karaman leave, and we have this like quick moment of Karaman going, uh, well, we're not going to talk about it. But then, <laughs> is this not the mistake? Like, Margaret is actually making the irritation that I have with the prequels this early on, like before the prequels were a thing. When did this come out? 99? Maybe it came out as the prequels were coming out. 98? 99? 90s for sure. Late 90s. I'm pretty sure it was late 90s. But, I mean, the thing that I'm irritated with here is this is the Star Wars Anakin problem. 98. Yeah, Anakin is obviously turning evil, right? And you have even the wisest character, Yoda, being like, well, we'll just kind of let him do his own thing, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening here. Like, Like, you have a character that is now... Off with his head. Indwelled with an evil, evil mage. No. Right? Uh, the Phantom Menace was released into theaters on 99. May 19th, 1999. This came out a year before. A year before. So, yeah. And she's a huge Star Wars fan. Well, she predicted... Yeah. I guess a problem that I have with the prequels here in this book is is that uh, the characters that should be smarter than this are doing kind of a dumb move here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Send him away. He'll be fine. Ah, oh, they're wizards. They know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. That being said, I well, mean, I, I, we, this is a world that is used to having dark mages. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're okay with all kinds of on-the-edge stuff. Mm-hmm. So, And I think there's not? a portion here, too, where, all right, well, whatever he's going to do, is his brother will keep him in line. <laughs> his, he'll, he's got care he'll, he'll be okay with his brother. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah, though he yeah, just yeah. put him into a fireball. <laughs> And so we get we get through here. There, he writes I Magus in his book. We have, which again, nice little ending scene. You write it yeah. in a book and you close the book. Yeah. Roll, roll credits. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and then we get to the coda. Yay! And this is actually kind of cool because again, she kind of she and she like I said before, and this is not spoilers, but there is kind of the same thing that comes up at the beginning of in the pre in the uh, preamble to second gen. 
mm-hmm. is this idea of, yeah, people tell stories. These people have been heroes, so people tell stories. Bards change stories. Everything can be exaggerated and messed around. This is what actually happened, and the reason it, maybe some things don't line up with the original books is because those are stories. Is because you know stories get changed, and those are right. stories. And this is what I'm really. And telling. definitely, this does not 100% line up with the story that we've been told. So and that was kind of great idea. We, we've talked about a bunch during this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, great, great idea. Um, I do like actually. I'm I'm just gonna bring it really quick back to chapter eight, and then we'll end it. But I do love her kind of last line in chapter eight. One of her last lines where she says, um, "The silken cords of brotherhood were cut, and they dangle between us, never to be restrung." You know, mm-hmm. you know. I like that. But are they never restrung? Uh, I don't think. I think some of. I, I don't think they're ever fully cut. It's, some of the strings are cut. Yeah. yeah. I, I I I I'd say on one side. Yeah. Raceland is definitely done with Caramon. Yes. Yeah. Caramon still wants to be with his brother. He he doesn't give him up until what? Well, War of we, the Twins? Maybe? We don't know now because there's an entire other book that we'll need to get Brothers to. Brothers in Arms. Brothers in Arms, which is about these two fighting together. So how separate it, it, Well, it has become? to be between this and War of the Twins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I so and War of the Twins is kind of where like there was like Caramon had said "f you get out." Yeah. And well, then, they go through the whole comes, Chronicles then, stuff together. Yeah. And they don't seem to be at this schism place. No. Well, no, and, and I I think it's more, and I think more of the imagery what she's trying to get here is <clears throat> when you have like the frayed cord. Yes. When you have like the cord that's made out of cords. Yes. And you have the frayed cord. They are like still attached. But still some attached, of them, some of them, some of them, cut. some of it has broken off. Yeah. Something that will never be replaced. This, I do this like that. Test, but the cord is still so the cord the, is still intact. It mm-hmm. just has some strings hanging out. Right. The test okay. has wounded their relationship, and the, they'll forever never be able to come back. Some of that stuff will never be patched. You can't see your brother kill you, emulate, emulate you. Right. He wasn't in his right. Uh, yeah. Right. And 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 some of those cords are now. Free. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about second gen with you guys after oh, this. I can't wait. <laughs> Actually, I can't wait at. Yeah. So that's it. The end of. Volume one of the Raceland Chronicles, Soul Forged by Margaret Weiss. Yeah, part two. <laughs> well, for all, for us. For us. At any rate, we're at the end, so this is where we do final thoughts, Paul. Yeah. How you feeling, dude? Oh, I like this book. I am so glad that this is just a Margaret Weiss written book. I feel like Tracy Hickman makes the other books kind of. Uh, He's that crazy guy that's got all all sorts of stuff plastered over his wall, and he's trying to. What loop about everything. the dragons? Exactly. Yeah. This seemed more together. It definitely was a fan service book. Right. I, I feel like right. if you just came into the book, it if this was your first read, it would be a hard one. But mm-hmm. for me, I love these characters. It was always enjoyable to have them appear. Even even Tika didn't bother me too much when she appeared. <laughs> It was one of those where I was like, all right, Tika's there. Okay, move on. But (laughs) Tika, Tika. (laughs) So, I mean, I definitely enjoyed this book as a fan service. Right. Now, am I curious to see the next book? Yes. I'm forgetting the name of what comes next in this series. Second Generation. Not not oh, the one that oh, we're Brothers in Arms. Brothers in, in Arms. arms. This, yeah. this book made me go, I want to read Brothers in Arms. That so, may happen. I know. So <laughs> it's one of those where I'm now excited to be back into the Dragonlance, uh, Dragonlance world, and I yeah. am excited to read Second Generations, especially based off of what you've been... Sounds like how you feel right now, Club. So, Club, 
What about Soulforge? Hey, kids. No, no. No. <laughs> Uncle Clob here. Oh, God. Soulforge. He's, he's in my room again. Shh. <laughs> 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 that doesn't help. <laughs> Don't talk. All right. Soulforge. Um, you know what? For as much as I, you know, I felt it. I, I, you know, I felt it. I read it. I went through it. I constantly wanted to know what was going to go on in the next chapter. I just, I really wanted it to get somewhere. I wanted some big baddie that would cement this group together. Um, I don't feel that they're as cemented as I felt that they were. I felt that we were supposed to think that they were. They were at the beginning of Autumn Twilight. Hmm. And so that's kind of the only issue, the main issue that I have. I like learning more about Raceland. I would have liked to see some more of the schooling, even though I wasn't a big fan of young Raceland. But, um, and it's very interesting to, you know, thinking back for me to the original six hmm. that we read through and all the stuff that we went through with these two characters there and what we felt for those two characters within there. And it's kind of, it's very interesting to see where that kind of, you know, <clears throat> Excuse me, where that idea of, you know, Raceland being that upset with the world comes from. Hmm. And it's not just you were a sickly bullied child. That's a big part of it. But um, this idea of Karamon, Karamon, I like watching Karamon kind of grow into his own. I love the fact that Tannis was way in the background on this one. (laughs) (laughs) I I liked exploring more of the relationship between Flint and Taz. Uh, <laughs> you're I, never gonna think about those two the same again, are you? Nope. No. No, that's out of my mind. I'm not even thinking about it right now. <laughs> um, but I like I like watching some of that. I just I wanted a bigger battle. I wanted a bigger baddie. I mm-hmm. wanted something bigger to just cement this group together. Right. Uh, the test stuff was great. I really enjoyed. Yeah. I really when we finally got to the test in the last thirty pages. Right. That you know, right. that that portion was great. I like the way Margaret Wright Weiss writes. I love the fact there were no songs. Um, <laughs> but I, th- I, I, you know, I, it's it's a definite recommend if you're a Dragonlance person. If you've read Chronicles, if you've read Legends, if you know, and you ju- and you haven't read Soulforge for some reason, I definitely recommend reading Soulforge. Mm-hmm. This is not something that I would pick up and hand to somebody and go, "Hey, you know, you want to get into Dragonlance or you like fantasy? Read this." Yeah. Right. Because you don't care about majority of stuff that is in this book. Because there's three quarters of this book is Easter eggs. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And so if you don't already have that established mythology, that established theology in your head, you're not going to really get into it. Yeah. Um, that being said, I enjoyed the ride. I enjoyed where it was going. I'm really enjoying. Um, I'm actually really enjoying. I'm through like book one of second gen right now. Mm. And I'm actually kind of really enjoying it. Old, Like I said before, Old Man Caramon is a hoot. Oh, I can't wait. And it is actually really fun and Cougar Tika. <laughs> um, that being said, Luke, how do you feel at the end of Soul Forge? Well, <laughs> you have said most of what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> say it in your own Luke way. Um, I, I'm going to leave like... What Klob had laid out about the lore and getting to see, wanting to see more of Raceland in the school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my only problem was I felt like it lingered too much on like the adventures of, you know, the original group. Right. You know, it's, it's as much as we were saying like, well, we don't have a reason that they all care so much for each other. The, the parts you gave with them together didn't really build that. Yeah, I'd say that's probably my biggest issue. Yeah, 
but it's you know what it, it took reading this book for me to realize I'm a Dragonlance fan. Yeah, and, and I think it's the aspect not to jump. I, it's, no, you're fine. It, it's this idea that the, you're bar buddies. Mm-hmm. You're not the you, you're not the childhood close friends that are going to come back for the reunion. Yeah, yeah, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it's something. But it, it, it took reading Soulforge for me to realize I'm a Dragonlance fan. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, mind you, <laughs> I had to be forced to read seven books of this <laughs> series. <laughs> but are you sure this isn't like that? Stockholm Here comes number eight. Or, or, <laughs> yeah, it's Stockholm With syndrome. Stockholm yeah. syndrome. You, you I, got that I don't right know. Where you're just being forced, know. so you're enjoying it. It's it took them. I mean, I, I guess, you know, even if we would have read through, you know, books one, two, and three, and then this, it still would have, you know, I, I still had an attachment to Raceland through one, two, and three. And I think I maybe I would have realized then, on book four, had we placed it there, mm-hmm. that, oh, maybe I actually do like these characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's... It's it's an awesome world, and, and you know, as far as Justin calling me, I've gone soft on this. You know what? I have. Hmm. I, I've grown. A, I, I have Stockholm syndrome. It happens to all of us as we get older. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> oh, they got pills for that. Well, don't touch me. At, at, I'm on Cialis. At, <laughs> there you go. Well, don't a, you knock the chalice <laughs> off the shelf. <laughs> if you, you break the Cthulhu chalice, I'll come for you. <laughs> Um, That's when Cthulhu comes. Yeah, yeah, he's sealed within that chalice. At any rate, you know, and I feel so weird recommending books this deep into a series. Right. I, all I'm going to say is I recommend you read this book. Like anybody who's like, oh, hey, they're trying to get their friends into Dragonlance, don't have them read this one first. Yeah. I think oh. that is a mistake. This book is kind of like the frosting on top. Yeah. Of what is the six books we've read before. Right. So that's where I stand. Cool. Bob. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm going to take this from more of the outside, uh, looking at Margaret Weiss, like author, that and kind of, that entire thing. Because what you guys have said, I'm right there with you. Um, I felt that Dragonlance Chronicles, uh, like my statement would be, if you want to get somebody into Dragonlance, I think you got to start them off at Dragons of Autumn Twilight. For all of its faults that, you know, I painfully pointed out and get hate still for. Um, They were young. They they weren't authors. And there was they were pressed by the fact that they're they were beholden to modules and it was a company thing. Um, This is now Margaret returning solo by herself to a genre that she created. Yep. Um, that she is invested in, loves these characters. We then, as readers, are returning to these characters who we thought, I mean, they had died in, Raceland basically died in Legends. This mm-hmm. was the end. Um, we all grieved Raceland, and now they're back. And, and so what is this book going to give to you? If you are a fan of Dragonlance, I think this book um, is a really fun read for you for all of its easter eggs what Klob said is right on this is three quarters easter eggs yeah for, yeah, for sure um and will make no sense to anybody outside of the Dragonlance community i don't think in a or, way or at least like 60 percent of the book won't yeah <laughs> in any way that would hook most people there's going to be some obscure person who picks soul soul forge off of the shelf 
and read it and was like, I'm going to read the rest of this Dragonlance stuff. But for the majority of people, this isn't going to make any sense. So I don't recommend the book to anybody who hasn't read Dragonlance. But if, you're, if you've read Chronicles and Legends, this fills in a lot of the, the holes. It, for me, it's very much like one of my favorite Star Wars books is Tales from the Molus Eisley Cantina and Tales from Jabba's Palace. The, I think those books are awesome. They make no sense if you haven't seen the movies, right? Because it takes an individual character that you mm. see for two seconds in Mos Eisley Cantina and blows out their story, yeah. right? Uh, it would make no sense to anybody. This, I'm still waiting for the story on the ice cream man from the from Cloud City. <laughs> Cloud City ice cream. Uh, there, <laughs> that story doesn't exist that I know of. Um, but will um, in a little while. I do have his action figure, though. But uh <laughs> Wait, they made an action figure? I went them? to every Walmart for months trying to get that mother when he came up. <laughs> Again. And then all of a sudden I got him. Would. And then he was everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, because nobody could sell him. Him and Yarna Del Gargan were everywhere. She's the six-breasted lady from Return of the Jedi. Who oh, knew? I know of her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, her action figure, who I told my wife to pick up for me because she was going to be rare and worth a lot of money. Nope. <laughs> so... Uh. So anyway, um, yeah, I would recommend this book to a fan. Um, my problems with the book come in definite. This is a very low-key book. To me, this is like a, a lower-budget, um, made-for-TV movie version of, of Dragonlance, where, I mean, the stuff with Belzor is interesting. I like it. For me, flops when it comes to the climax and doesn't work for me at all. I would definitely change around some things and make the thing at the school at the end longer and more pronounced in your Soul Forge book. So at the end of the day, I think this is this is a book highly lacking in, in a lot of stakes. Like you said, Luke, mm -hmm. um, we know where this is going. We know the test. We know, you know, so it is almost tacked on to the end of this book. It's like a 250-page book with a 70-page add-on or 30-page yep. add-on yeah. of like, oh, and by the way, the test, right? <laughs> um, and so... Well, and that's, that's inherently yeah. the problem with prequels a lot of time, too, is you know nobody's going to die. Yeah. Because they show yeah. up in the other books. Also, also, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so for me, I don't know. Um, it's a mixed bag with this one. I don't know that it's a super... If it's strong, I love the book. I love this book. I do love this book. But I'm saying it, it's not the action what I wanted. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, it's a mixed bag with this this book. Yeah. You know? So, but that ends it for Soul Forge. We're moving on. All right, folks. But if you want to t keep talking about Soul Forge, by all means, hit us up on Facebook. Again, that's going to be the best spot. That's the most monitored spot. Um, come over and uh, tweet with us. Um, talk to us. Maybe that. Maybe you guys talking to Luke more on the tweeter will get him more on the tweeter. Maybe. You um, need to get on Luke's much more than you are. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say, if, if you've listened this far in the episode, the best way that you can support this podcast, you know, we, we don't have a Patreon right now. No. We are yeah. just doing this as guys who really like books and really like entertaining people. If you want to support this podcast, the best thing you can do is go to YouTube, look up Dungeons and Dweebs, subscribe to our channel, and then just throw on that Dragonlance uh, rev book review playlist. Yeah. We need subscribers and we need watch hours in order to monetize our YouTube content. Yeah. We're just 
four dudes who like we're doing out. it for the love of the game. We're, um, legitimately, we're, we're, yeah, are. We're, sure. we're we are we are essentially recording what our what our yeah. normal conversations book club would be. Yeah, yeah there's, there's yeah. I mean like uh-huh. we are about. To release after this, a deeper delve on Dragonlance Tales. There is no way in hell any of you listening ever thought there was going to be audio content about Dragonlance <laughs> Tales, Tales, Volume 1, okay? And there's more coming from where that came from, right? This is the only spot you're going to get this. Nobody else is going to be talking about this. Have you checked the Nexus? I mean, th- that podcast might have done it. Okay, they might have done it. No, they talk more about the game modules oh, okay. and stuff. Yeah. But yes, by all means, hit us up on Facebook. Facebook, hit us up on YouTube, hit us up on Twitter. Talk to us. Uh, if you agree with us, great. Tell us that. Go go more into depth on any of the stuff that you think you want to talk about. There is a lot we of, can, yeah. We keep, we keep talking about Lorana, so by all means, throw something else out there that you think is important. We're, we'll talk to you about it. The bulk of you, I, this is a learning learning experience, uh, especially for a lot of us. For me especially, uh, I love when the most of you guys listening are Dragonlance fans. Mm-hmm. Probably know way more about Dragonlance yes. than we do. Oh, definitely. Get on there and tell us what you know. I love, uh, uh, there's probably a chance out of 192 books, I'm not going to read them all. Even no. though I might own them all, <laughs> I'm not going to read them all. Um, so I like to get the quick rundowns when some of you come on and are like, hey, by the way, you talked about this. Fist and Dantalus actually did this, 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 and this, or whatever, right? Yeah. You're correcting us. You're, you're, you're adding to what yes. we said. I love that. And in and, and, and the 17th book down the line, there's actually an epic battle between Fisty Jr. and Tennis Quarter Elven, the great great grandson. <laughs> I like <laughs> that. Happens, I Uncle Trapspringer becomes a if Jedi. You, if you want to know more about any of this, join us on our next episode. Clob, I know you like to gla- grab the last round, but Paul's been kind of mooching off of us for a while. So. Oh, yes, he I has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are All definitely right. grabbing the last round. I'll go grab some, but first, what? There's only there's nobody else in this basement. There isn't. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Dungeons and Dweebs. There's even more adventuring to be had at our website, dungeonsanddweebs.com. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at dungeonsanddweebspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find Dungeons and Dweebs on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Find all those links at dungeonsanddweebs.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. The music for Dungeons and Dweebs is Fatal Fight by Royalty Free Kings and can be found at their website, royaltyfreekings.com. Dungeons and Dweebs is a Tim Gilbert media production. Copyright 2017, all rights reserved. And no part of the show can be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the expressed written permission of Tim Gilbert Media.